Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, baby, look at that. Sunday nights have become Friday, a matinee edition of Brady Quinn and myself, Jonas Knox, here on Fox Sports Radio. You can always listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us on Sirius XM Channel 83. And without further ado, my Sunday night radio wife, Brady Quinn, how the hell are you? We are in for Doug Gottlieb here on FSR. I'm excited, man. I, I got to tell you, I was extremely excited when we got the news. We got to fill in for Doug today. Yep. However, uh, I had an odd occurrence earlier today, um, actually a bet that I won. And I don't know how, how you feel, Jonas, but... I've never really had a bet before in my life where I made the bet and then afterwards I come to realize that I can't win. Like even in the circumstances that I win the bet, it's still not going to be an enjoyable experience. That was exactly what I I had to deal with earlier today around lunchtime. Yeah, I um well first of all, I think this is a little unique for both of us because we're doing a show and uh it's light out. That's that's a little that's a little bizarre. Uh you can hear us uh, 8 Eastern time on Sunday nights here on Fox Sports Radio, but you uh you had lunch with a crossdresser, um, <laughs> a Miami Hurricanes crossdresser. So uh, whoever out there felt a little guilty because you had a margarita on your lunch break, and don't tell the boss, you know, because it's Friday fun day. At least you weren't hanging out with a man dressed as a cheerleader like Brady Quinn was earlier. So go ahead and explain. 
Okay, so so I placed a bet with a local radio host down here in South Florida. I live in Fort Lauderdale, and WQAM 560 is the home of the Miami Hurricanes. And Mark Hockman, who happens to be one of the hosts, along with Channing Crowder, former Miami Dolphin, former Florida Gator. And on air, when Notre Dame was getting ready to play Miami last year, they wanted to make a bet. And so I said, yeah, sure. I mean, I wasn't going to back down on, on live radio from placing a bet saying that I didn't believe in Notre Dame. So the bet was, if I won, Mark Hockman, otherwise known as Hawk, had to dress up as a Miami Hurricanes cheerleader. And we had to go to lunch at a local sports bar called Duffy's. And if I lost, I had to dress up in an entire Notre Dame uniform. Helmet, shoulder pads, eye black, everything. Even roll around in the grass outside just to make the grass <laughs> stains on the pants. So if, if you look at this, like at, at first glance, you're probably saying to yourself, oh, no brainer. Like, yeah, that'd be pretty embarrassing to have to you know, go back and relive your college days while you're sitting at a sports bar having lunch and everyone's looking at you like you're an idiot. But the more I thought about it, and after not really having met Hawk before in person, all of a sudden I started to realize that it's going to be just as embarrassing to have to sit with a guy who's dressed like a Miami Hurricanes cheerleader. Uh, maybe different story if it was a Miami Hurricanes cheerleader, but no, a 45-year-old man dressed as a Miami Hurricanes cheerleader. So it was uh, it was unfortunate, to say the least. Well, I mean, it's uh, it's terrible news and a terrible situation you found yourself in in the uh, state of Florida. Terrible situation, Brady Quinn. <laughs> I actually, at one point, he brought pom-poms, and the sports bar set up a table with a scented candle and flowers, which was just over the top. Well, and actually a little bit creepy, too, like a scented candle adding to like the whole awkwardness of the situation. But he put down his pom-poms, because there's a fair amount of people there kind of as spectators. He put his pom-poms down next to the candle. And my first immediate reaction was to, to blow it out. And then I thought after, once I did that and people started, like, clapping, and I thought in my head, man, that would have been the easiest way to get out of this. Just let the pom-poms burn. Let a small fire start. Oh, yeah. And then we all have to exit the building. And I'm like, yeah, this just didn't work out. Yeah, and, then, and make sure, you know, he doesn't drop anything. Nobody needs to see the ending of the crying game. You know, while they're trying to have lunch. <laughs> Nobody needs that. Nobody needs that sort of uh, aggravation during a lunch break. But it's not the only strange thing that's happening in the state of Florida. No, I, wish, no. I wish it were. And there's a lot of strange <laughs> things that happen in the state of Florida. Trust me. But um, the situation in Florida, I, I think in, in a different part of Florida, in Jacksonville. You know, in, in Jacksonville, there's this football team, you know, the Jaguars. They got like this this pool on the top deck and uh, they always play games in London because nobody really cares about them in Jacksonville. And they're kind of, you know, they got a whole bunch of talent there, but they got this one problem. Like the quarterback that they got, this guy, uh, this guy, Blake, we'll just use a fake name here, Blake, and we'll call him Blake Bortles. This this quarterback they got in Jacksonville, he, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, he stinks, Brady. Okay. <laughs> he stinks. And they got major problems he put up another diaper fire performance in a preseason game last night. And here we are with his head coach looking around going, I don't know if I got a quarterback in the room. I don't think it was as bad as everyone wants to make it out to be. I mean, statistically speaking, it looks bad. I knew right away when I saw his name trending on Twitter that people <laughs> – I even thought he threw a bunch of interceptions – uh, which when I, when I came to see the low light, if you will, it wasn't as bad as I thought. And, and, but what, what I witnessed was this, and, and, and everyone can search on Twitter and find this. 
He threw a ball behind Allen Robinson, who was running a, a seven route or looked to be some sort of corner or at least deep outbreaking route. He underthrew that pass. He threw a, a ball low and kind of behind Allen Robinson on what looked to be a, a deep in route or a dig route. And the first thing that I thought when I watched the highlight or low light <laughs> was Allen Robinson didn't help him out. Like, yes, the ball was underthrown. It was a poor ball. But a wide receiver can always make a quarterback look a little bit better. And he didn't even try. And this is after everyone saw that, that clip of Blake Bortles throwing to Allen Robinson in practice, and he overthrew him on a, on a go route, and it was too far out of bounds. And you could hear Allen Robinson saying, keep the effing ball in bounds. And so what that tells me is you've already gotten one player who's given up on him as being their starting quarterback. And I, I know that sounds like it's way too early to, to say that's the case, but this is the preseason. Yeah. This is where guys like Blake Bortles and Allen Robinson, they come in, they, they ball out for a series or two, and then they get off the field, and then they get ready for the regular season. At least that's how it should be if you're Blake Bortles and you're entering into year four after starting for the past three years. So and, the fact that that's not the case, that's, it's pretty bo- bothersome to say the least. And he was already screwed going into the season because people were already calling for his job. People were already saying, oh, you know, Blake Bortles is done, man. That guy's a bust. Oh, they, they blew it by drafting Blake Bortles. And yet coming into the season, what were we talking about? We talked about this on our highly rated uh, Sunday night show here at Fox Sports Radio when we were talking about how somebody was keeping str- – uh, like track of all the interceptions Blake Bortles threw. I'm thinking to myself, like, hold on a second. When has this ever happened that we're keeping stats on how many interceptions a guy throws in practice? That led me to believe that going into it, the narrative on Blake Bortles was already, he's done, nobody wants him here. And then you've got other teammates. There was another teammate of his who liked some Instagram post where somebody threw out an Instagram post that said, uh, you know, the Jaguars need a different quarterback. And one of his teammates liked the post. So that guy's got to feel like nobody in Jacksonville wants anything to do with him. Well, here's the issue. Is you've got a new head coach, but he was kind of a holdover, right? If, if you'll remember, yeah. Doug Marone was the interim head coach at the end of last year. And then over the course of the offseason, once they, once they came to the, to the conclusion that Tom Coughlin either A, didn't want to be the head coach, or at this point in his career – he couldn't put together a, a full staff, so now they put him in this position where he's essentially running the whole show, even though he doesn't have the title of head coach. I'm sure he still has his hand in on everything from a coaching standpoint as well as an operation standpoint and a scouting standpoint. Um, but Doug Marone's the coach, and they're basically trying to keep some continuity to help him out, but they're obviously trying to change the environment and the culture there as well, given the lack of success under Gus Bradley. So you know, because of that, it's kind of, there's some awkwardness because you've got this team that I think when you look at them on paper every offseason, at least the past two years, we keep saying, man, the Jaguars won the offseason. You know, they hit Clayus Campbell um, you know, during free agency. Yeah. They, they have a draft class Malik that's so Malik Jackson talented. the year before that. Yeah, and, and, and they're able to get these guys in the first round, high first round picks that we feel like are going to go in and, and give them a big impact, like Jalen Ramsey, for example, at cornerback, who's fantastic last year. But the problem is they just can't seem to put it together as a team, and, and their quarterback hasn't been able to play the way they need him to, or at least not turn the football, football over quite as much. So because that's kind of been the glaringly obvious issue, you now find this team that's like in a state of transition, but they picked up the fifth-year option on Blake Bortles. So this is the big issue they're facing now. He's their quarterback for this year, whether you like it or not. Unless they bring someone else in, and that's someone else we can talk about a little later on, 
And they could say that you know Chad Henney and him are going to be in this quarterback competition, but they picked up his option for next year. And the only reason, or one of the biggest reasons, why I would say you know he he wouldn't play him this year was would be because he has 19 million that would be fully guaranteed if he got injured this year that the Jaguars would be on the hook for. Now they've got plenty of cap space and plenty of money, but I still wouldn't imagine that if, if he if he looks. If he can't continue to progress or he can't get any better than what he is, you know, they've got to start looking elsewhere, whether that's a free agent or you know, on their roster, either in Chad Henney or Brandon Allen. But you could go back to the beginning of this year. The one thing they should have done was bring in someone else on this roster to at least compete with Blake Bortles or potentially be the guy if things didn't work out, and they didn't do that. Now they find themselves in this predicament. Well, not all is lost for Blake Bortles because he does have the support of the fans. Uh, here were the fans' reaction to a Blake Bortles uh, attempted pass Last night, this courtesy of the Jaguars radio network. Dropping the throw is Blake. Fires deep down the middle of the field. Wants Allen Robinson. Incomplete. Allen broke free, but the ball was behind him. It's incomplete. It's going to be fourth down. There are some boos here in the stadium. I, I haven't heard any, the fans boo in that stadium that loud since somebody <laughs> urinated in the pool. <laughs> like, well, way, way to get passionate, uh, Jaguar fans, over your quarterback. Oh, wow. You know what would be Good the best God, thing for them? Man. Just move to London. I mean, you know, maybe that fan base will care, but clean start, you know? Oh, man. I, I don't know if that's a – yeah, but, it, you know, if you know anything about Blake Bortles, uh, him in London with all those pubs, I don't know if that's a good idea. They're big on cider over there. Yeah, well, that's what they drink. A lot of cider. Yeah, I, I heard uh, he drinks a lot of everything. Uh, from what I heard, I mean that's just some <laughs> stuff that I I had heard from from around uh, the NFL. Um, his head coach though, Doug Marone, his head coach, he was not happy after the game. Here was Jaguars head coach Doug Marone following a poor quarterback performance all the way around. I met with both quarterbacks afterwards. Uh, I told them what I'm looking for is I'm looking for someone that's going to lead this offense. So uh, I'm not uh, happy with the performance today. I'm not going to sit here and, and uh, BS anyone. I mean, everyone saw it out there. Uh, whatever you want to call it, I'm still trying to evaluate who the best person is at that position. You know, we're going to figure this thing out. I know I'm probably going to get a lot of questions during the week, timetables, who, how's so-and-so. I'm, I'm just going to wait, evaluate it, see who the best person is uh, for that job as well as some other jobs out there. I love it because you want to know what that is. That's the sound of a man who's got no say in his relationship. None whatsoever. (laughs) Every guy out there knows what I'm talking about. You want to say, you know what? I'm not taking out the trash today, and I am going to go meet up with my buddies, and I don't care what she says. Deep down, you know, that's not happening. You, You are the doormat of that relationship, and that's exactly what Doug Marone is. Tom Coughlin calls the shots there, and Doug Marone's got no say in that franchise. Well, here's the harder part is he doesn't have anything to say as far as the roster goes. I mean, that, that still was kept on what David Caldwell, their general manager. Right. And that's one of the things is Blake Bortles was drafted by Caldwell. So he's got this tie to him. And I'm sure if things don't work out for Blake Bortles, they probably won't work out for David Caldwell either as far as his future in Jacksonville. But I think part of the frustration with Doug Marone is this. How many times do we see head coaches get a third chance at, at a new at, an, at another don't. job, they don't. <laughs> yeah, they I mean, don't. he he left Buffalo thinking he had a, a he was a sure shot for getting another head coaching job. I mean, do you remember how he opted out of his contract because he had that clause when they changed over ownership in Buffalo? And at that point, you know, he was what fifteen and seventeen, I think was his, was his win loss record during his time with the Bills. And I think he left there thinking, oh, I'm I'm definitely going to have another head coaching job. 
Well, it ended up working out where he fell into one in Jacksonville. But, you know, that wasn't the case. I mean, it took him until 2016 where he became an interim head coach, goes one and one last season for the Jaguars, and, and now he's really what could be his last chance as a head coach in the NFL, you know, sits on the rests on the shoulders of Blake Bortles. And, and that's where I think the frustration comes from is, is not only does he feel like he's handcuffed with his relationship with Tom Coughlin and maybe the organization to some degree, but he also feels like, you know, he's kind of the fall guy in this case where if things go wrong, you know, you're going to blame the quarterback and you're going to blame the head coach. And maybe he feels like that's an unfair position to be in, even though he kind of signed up for it. He is Brady Quinn. I'm Jonas Knox. In for Doug Gottlieb here, Fox Sports Radio. You can always listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app, and you can find us on SiriusXM Channel 83. You can get Brady on Twitter at third underscore goal. Up next, though, an NFL insider, maybe the best NFL insider in the entire land. He will tell you where a certain someone, a certain quarterback without a job may end up next. Don't go anywhere. We'll have that for you next here on Fox Sports Radio. No, that's not true. That is actually a lie. That is not Doug Gottlieb. This is Jonas Knox. He is Brady Quinn. We are filling in for Doug Gottlieb, though, here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Coming up here in just a minute, we will check in with Jay Glazer, the NFL on Fox. He is set to join us to talk uh, a bunch of different things around the National Football League. I do want to let you know, though, that we are brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and, on average, save over $3,000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience uh so jay glazer of the nfl on fox uh will be set to join us here uh, coming up in just a couple of minutes brady quinn um just talking about this uh blake bortles uh, quarterback disaster in jacksonville you being uh, a quarterback in the league you played for a bunch of different teams what's the feeling in the locker room when there's an issue and it's at your position, whether you're the backup, whether you're the starter, whatever it is, where people are pointing fingers thinking that the one missing link in the room is the quarterback. I mean, it's honestly the hardest thing, I think, to deal with. Outside of the fans and the media, really it's your peers and the people who you are surrounded by and the people who you're trying to work with in order to accomplish the same goal. Because whether it's a quarterback competition or even if people feel like you're, you're playing incompetent, you know, either way, it, it's going to prevent you from being able to play at your fullest because you need their confidence in you. And, you know, you end up just being a, a car salesman that makes these pitches and it falls on deaf ears because every single time you're out there, regardless of what the situation is on the field, you know, you're trying to sell them on what play you're running. You're selling them on the fact that you're going to be able to make this play work. You're going to convert on third down or, or, or in the red zone, we're going to score a touchdown. And if they don't have that belief in you as a player, you know, a lot of times, you know, they just end up going through the motions as well because they don't believe in you. And so part of your job as a quarterback, it's not only just doing your responsibilities and playing the way you're capable of, but it's getting other people to play at a higher level, getting them to believe in you and to believe in their ability to be able to raise their level of play. And if you're having issues with your own level of play, you're not going to be able to pitch that to other guys. You're not going to be able to help elevate their play because how can you hold them accountable when, when you're not holding yourself accountable? So, you know, that's one of the, the hardest things I think to deal with. And the fact that you're now making it in week two of the preseason, which is kind of odd. Um, usually you don't see, um, a, 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 you know, a quarterback competition 
come out during training camp. Typically, it's a quarterback competition going into training camp and, and going into the third preseason game, you know who your guy's going to be. So kind of rare to see a, a team talking about opening things back up now to see how, how things play out the rest of the preseason. Uh, but I still think Bortles is going to be the guy. And again, it, it wasn't as bad as everyone makes it out to be. I just think the hard thing is is everyone's going to be ultra-critical of Blake Bortles because of two things. One, we lack any patience whatsoever, and it's this time of year where we're all feeding for football, so we make these preseason games to be out like they're playing for the Super Bowl every week. And then the other portion is, again, he's going into his fourth year. A guy who's played as much football as he has in the NFL should be going out and performing at a higher level at this point in the preseason. Yeah, no, and, and I, feel, I actually feel bad for the guy because he's <laughs> – He's got his own teammates calling him out. I mean, you got. I mean, if if you were a quarterback and your wide receiver in front of cameras in front of practice uh, called you out and and dropped an f bomb because you weren't playing the right way, that would piss me off. Like that to me, that would scar the relationship. And you've been in these locker rooms, and I don't know if, if Braylon Edwards or any of the other receivers that you worked with ever called you out like that. Don't you have a conversation with that guy afterwards? Like, yeah. if, like, like you would walk up to him and say, "Hey, man, what's what's your issue?" I think the hardest thing is, you know, you don't want to do it in a public setting where it's going to draw more attention to everything that's happening, right? Because anytime players get emotional on the sidelines, the camera finds them, and and they want to talk about what's going on and talk about the frustrations that they're playing. So, you know, sometimes <laughs> the the hardest conversations you have, you know, at least in my case, it would always be with a straight face where you don't want to show any emotion, and it's really the language that you're using and, and the way you're talking to them. But you're, you're always going to have guys who are an emotional player. And I think, you know, it tends to be wide receivers or guys who catch the football more often because, you know, look, they, they want to be the star. That's one of the reasons why they want to play offense. But they very rarely, you know, get to touch the ball. If you think about, you know, how many times they're targeted, how many times the ball comes their way, if they get 10 catches in a game and you win 65 plays, you know, that's a lot of catches for a game. So you got to think about it. I mean, almost one-sixth, you know, one-seventh of the time, they're not even really any part of it. They're just out there blocking or out there running a route. So it, it can be a frustrating you know, deal to be a wide receiver. I think that's why they, they get so emotional when you know, those opportunities do come their way and the ball's inaccurate or they're open and you don't see them. I think that's when they explode. That's when things get you know, a little bit harder to deal with from a wide receiver's perspective as opposed to a quarterback who has the football every single play. And usually he can justify to some degree – uh, why he did something. You know, either he just flat out made a mistake or he made the right read or he saw something else and it took him somewhere else. So usually it's just trying to kind of talk down a lot of the more emotional players that just tend to be wide receivers or tight ends. Uh, I'm not much of a stats guy. You know that about me. I like uh, I leave, I leave the, sna- the stats to, you know, a certain group of people. You know, and this group of people, you know, you could refer to as geeks, you know, nerds, you know, people like that who like to crunch numbers and go to the number game and all that and look at these numbers. And to me, if, you, if, you're, if you're talking about sports, I'd, I'd rather hear the stories than hear a bunch of numbers being thrown at me. The one stat, though, that I will say blows my mind regarding Blake Bortles is the fact that in his career, he's got more pick sixes than wins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which that's unbelievable, man. It, it, it is unbelievable, <laughs> but we can't always like hammer guys because wins as much as a quarterback is a big piece of it. It's not everything. <laughs> I mean, this this Jaguars team when he got drafted there wasn't that great. Um, but I mean, look, he oh. he is he's he's one of the types of quarterbacks that throws bad interceptions or bad picks. You know, you'd sit in the quarterback room on Monday mornings. And you could watch film, and you watch a guy throw an interception, and you say, 
I can see why that happened. Either the ball was tipped, deflected, you know, maybe they did something with their coverage that fooled him, or, or maybe the throw was just a little bit off. And then there's other quarterbacks who throw into team meetings or just make really, really bad decisions where people are jumping up out of their seats or, in the case of the Jaguars, jumping up out of their hot tubs or whatever's in those suites and complaining about it. And I think that's the frustrating <laughs> part is, you know, you hear a stat like that and it's, it's, it's those types of throws that make you, you know, just pull your hair out. What, do you think more people jump up out of their seats for a bad interception or when they rewatch the tape of Dan Orlovsky r- running out of the end zone? Which one do you think got the got the most reaction in the meeting room? I, I don't know. It's pretty tough. Dano was uh, he was a, a good yard or a yard and a half or, out of the back of the or end what, zone. What but. about when they were watching that get the rewatching the game tape and that kid from Florida crapped his pants during the game? What about that? Do you think I got a reaction from somebody? I, I don't know about that one. The, the Dano one is infamous only because that was the zero and sixteen season, and I, I just I always say like that's evidence right there. It's evidence that. You know, guys will even just run off the field. They know what the rule is. I'm, I'm like Dan. He's going in his thirteenth year. I think he's with the uh, what Rams right now. Yeah. So it's like he knows the rules. He probably knew where he was at. He just uh, didn't want to get hit, man. I mean, it's like these guys are a lot bigger and faster and stronger than people realize. And and when you see a grown man who knowingly would just run out of the back of the end zone like that, uh, it's, it's funny, got a man. proof. I mean, those hits hurt. Dude. Uh, it's funny. Uh, Brady Quinn Jonas knocks in for Doug Gottlieb here, Fox Sports Radio. All right, we promised Jay Glazer. Jay is ready to go, so we're going to take a quick 60-second break. Do not go anywhere, and Jay Glazer's got all the latest from around the NFL. That's next. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio, in for Doug Gottlieb. You can listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app, or you can find us on Sirius XM Channel 83. Jay Glazer from the NFL on Fox, kind enough to join us now here on Fox Sports Radio. Jay, thanks so much for the time. Absolutely. What's going on, boys? Uh, not a whole lot. We were talking about the uh, Blake Bortles experience in Jacksonville. Wait, I know. Before, before we get into that, yeah. you know, Brady, I saw you the other day. Yeah. Um, for those of you who haven't seen Brady, you know, you're here on radio. You probably haven't had a chance to see him. But, you know, Brady used to be this, like, real great-looking dude, you know, played quarterback in great shape. And <laughs> for those who haven't seen him, like, I was a little taken aback. He has, like, a the George Costanza thing going on now. He yeah. totally let himself go. Um, he's just, I just want to make sure everything's okay because you look terrible when I saw you. Uh, see, Jay is saying this for two reasons. One, because I believe the night before he had one too many drinks. And then two, um, I, the first thing I said to Jay was, hey, man, lay off the weights. Uh, no, in all, in all seriousness, Glaze, it was great seeing you out there. I wish I got more of a chance to, to talk to you while we're out I there. I know, man. Hey, Brady and I go way back. We actually trained together at uh, API back, way back in the day, man. We've known each other for a while. So, um, it's, you know, it's pretty cool. You know, you go around on my little bus tour here on this Glaze Across America tour, and then, you know, you you kind of come to realize that, man, when people in your life for 20 years, you really are, this is like your social structure, your your, your family in a lot of ways. A lot of guys you've known for an awful long time, I've known you for, you know, half your life, which is pretty, yeah. pretty crazy. Jay, yeah. uh, so you're on your training camp tour. Who are a couple of teams that might surprise you? Just and when you go to these these camps, do you get a vibe about a certain team? They just, something just feels different, and then it ends up being that they're better than people expect. And and who are a couple of those teams that might fit this year? Okay, a couple of I have hit on a couple of those. There's a couple two years ago, three years ago, whenever it was. I think it was Zimmer's first year. The Vikings did really well. I said about them that they're going to be a surprise team. I said about the Dolphins last year. I definitely saw. It. And change an attitude there, um, but for the most part, what I do is I, I like to, you guys know I like to mess with everybody, and I'm only there for a day. I can't see anything, so whenever you go there, 
you'll have GMs and coaches go, so uh, what do you think, man? What did you see out there today? And I always have the same line. I think, uh, I think you guys are going to kind of suck this year. <laughs> like, what? What do you mean? I, said, I don't know, dude. I've been out here for 25 minutes. I don't know how y'all. The fact that they come and ask you after what I've seen in 25 minutes. Uh, but I do think the team that is going to make an improvement is, believe it or not, it's going to be the Rams. And I, obviously you're going, well, you can't you know, really you know, decrease that much. But I think they're going to be tougher than people realize. I mean, what Wade Phillips is doing over there with, with Sean McVay, um, I think he fits his square pegs and his square holes better than a lot. And I think that, you know, teams tend to take on the personalities of some of these head coaches often. It happened, you know, last year with Gates. It happened, you know, some of these younger guys. When Sean Payton was young and first went over to the Saints, um, they take on the personality of the head coach, and I think they are in Sean McVay. And that team, I think, is going to be much improved. Well, in order to be improved, they got to get a guy like Aaron Donald back. I mean, right now he's holding out. Any word on on whether or not he'll, he's going to, you know, meet the, meet with the team this preseason, or is he just going to wait till regular season week one? No, I mean he's waiting. And, look, these things. I never listen to what people say. Um, what both sides say in their threats, because you know, Brad, you've been around long enough. How many times have you heard a guy go, "That's it. I'm just I'm going to sit out the whole year. I'm not yeah. going to play." And the yeah. team goes. Hey, I don't care what he says. We're not even talking until he comes back in here. And it's the same. It's really the same story for everybody who holds out year after year after year after year. And eventually, for the most part, you work it out. The only time that really got ugly where it became irreparable was the um, Saints and, and Jimmy Graham because they had to go to an arbitration. And you end up hearing all the reasons. Like, that's why you have an agent. You want the agent talk to the team, and the team could say, this is why we don't think you're worth this and this and this. Even if they do, it's posturing. But if you hear it, you're going to go, oh, man, this team, that's what they think of me. And, you know, you got to be crazy to play this game in the first place. And the roommates in your head will start barking when you start hearing all the stuff they're saying about you, which they had to publicly. Uh, Jay Glazer, NFL on Fox, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Brady Quinn. I am Jonas Knoxon for Doug Gottlieb. So, Jay, what happens in Jacksonville? Because Doug Marone sounds like he's he's just fed up at this point. We don't know how much control he really has with Coughlin there. How does this Bortles experiment t- go on in Jacksonville? Look, Bortles is almost like, you know, Matt Ryan a couple of years ago. So, you know, he had a great year, right? A, couple, a really good year a couple of years ago. And then he just went in the tank. And Matt kind of went through the same thing. And then Matt went in the offseason and really did some self-scouting and, and did whatever he could to make sure he came back, you know, through the other side. And we saw the type of year he had last year. But if you remember, a couple of years ago, people were calling for Matt Ryan's head. Um, and Bortles, we saw him a couple of years ago that he can play. But and Brady can lend a lot more than I can on this. Most of the time, that position is more about what's between your ears than, than that arm. I mean, Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl, and he could barely throw, you know, <laughs> More, more yeah. than more than you know, uh, your normal high school quarterback just because of what had happened with his neck, but it's really what goes on between your ears. And I think, you know, there's so much you have to do out there um, with between your ears. And if you're not in a good space, there also it just starts to kind of compound. Yeah, AJ, I can't let you go without asking you about the situation in Dallas with Ezekiel Elliott. He's he's filed his appeal. 
Any chance you you see this thing getting reduced at all from six games to maybe four? Or two I, I don't, or I don't like know. That? I don't know. I don't know because I don't like in situations like this. I've heard both sides, and I'm not sure. You know, I'm not. I'm not an attorney. Like other cases, we saw video. Somebody knocks somebody out. There's no doubt about it, right? Yeah. In this case, I'm not. I'm not 100 percent yet, and that's why I don't like to say anything until I'm absolutely 100%. Um, I've had strong opinions on things that I was very sure about. But in this case, there is so much he said, she said. And, you know, for me, I'm still trying to get as, you know, it's like you can go off what happened, uh, and then both sides start posturing and try to, you know, leak what they say actually happened and whether the truth lies in the middle or one of them is completely right, one of them completely lying. That's what I think we need to try and figure out. Um, as reporters or anybody covering this before we make our own judgment. You know, the NFL, they've made, they've made their judgment. We haven't seen that evidence. You know, we haven't seen anything. So it's hard for us to just say, okay, we fully agree, we don't agree. He is uh, Jay Glazer from the NFL on Fox. Appreciate a few minutes of your time. You can get Jay on Twitter at Jay Glazer. Thanks so much, Glaze, and uh, and I'm sorry, Brady. Thanks, I'm sorry, Brady can pick on you from time to time in person. I hey, Glaze, great a great job <laughs> as always on Brady. Ballers, man. Uh, love watching it. Love seeing you on there. So good, good stuff, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right, so that was uh, Jay Glazer. You wanna you wanna like you know? I'm waiting for when he's make, gonna ask me to come on Ballers. You wanna like, make that's uh, a, I mean, you're gonna just what? just flirt with somebody like that in front of me? What the hell well, is I mean, this? I'm, this I'm, I'm just trying to get it in. Like I live God, in South Florida, sakes. it wouldn't be that hard to try to find my way into a baller set. Jeez, can we save that as a drop, please? Can we save that as a Brady drop? We'll put that in the file. We'll use that on Sunday nights. Wait, we can't use that today. <laughs> no, we can't. We just gotta wait a little bit when we know people are at lunch. <laughs> Um, All right, so Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, You can listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app. Um, You can get me on Twitter at Knox. You can also find the show at SiriusXM Channel 83. Up next, though, oh, boy, there is a messy situation in the world of football. I mean, we're talking sex. We're talking scandals. We're talking all sorts of good stuff in the world of football, and it just got a little bit more it just got messier brady this just got nasty and it happened within the last hour find out what we're referring to next here on fsr jonas knox brady quinn in for doug gottlieb here on fox sports radio brady and i are normally on sundays from 8 to 11 p.m eastern time and i noticed uh one thing that's that has stayed the same even though uh, there's no street lights on it's all broad daylight there's a bunch of foot traffic on the street out here at brady so that's different for us uh the one thing that has stayed the same the coffee here is as atrocious now as it is on Sundays. It stinks. Right. Yeah, it, it is. absolutely stinks. Yeah, it, it tastes is. like uh, someone went and played three hours of basketball. Yeah. Like a high top, too. Picture yeah. like a, a big-time high top. They, they took the pot, they dumped it in the shoe, and then they dumped it into someone's cup and yeah. you drank that. Or, That's or, what it tastes yeah, like. Yeah, or uh, like they rang out their compression shorts, um, which I wouldn't mind, to be honest with you. I don't um, wear compression shorts. Okay, yeah. And that's more your thing. All right. So, uh, uh, John Ramos, uh, by the way. John Ramos, your thoughts? <laughs> uh, <laughs> coffee is best, by the way. Coffee is best, by the way, when it's in plastic packages. Just yeah, that is. Uh, that is. And that is how it's done here at Fox Sports Radio. But uh, listen, we, we enjoy the finer things in life, you know, like uh, like big TVs in the studio. Yeah. Uh, the best coffee on the planet. And, uh, oh, yeah. 
uh, Steve DeSager. Let's reach into Jonas's sack. <laughs> oh, Stevie D, your hands are freezing. <laughs> Big TV's in the studio. What was that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we still. By the way, we still have the uh, the VCR TV combo in the update studio. I, Is that what we're calling it now? Big TV's. That's right. that's what I, I am, see where DeSager went. I'm looking at right now is the VCR television combo we have here in the anchor room. You know the largest TV? It's a great looking big screen. The largest TV we have is in the hallway where 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 nobody sits in the hallway. Oh, yeah. And yeah, by the way, coming has. up next hour, Steve will also call out the rest of the construction staff. Here. <laughs> <laughs> so stick around for that. Well, you didn't mention anything about any bugs or things that have been left over from maybe restaurants that used to occupy you know, this building decades yeah, ago. Yeah, those those jokes all uh, left with Frank. Uh, those jokes are all gone. <laughs> Frank Pollock was the author of all those jokes. The late great. Yeah. All right, we're going to be uh, playing. Uh, what exactly? Guess who? Oh, guess who? All we're right. going to give you the stories, some of the stories of the day, and you have to guess who we're talking about. Ooh, this is going to be good. So story right. number one will go to college athletics. This embattled coach of the last year and a disassociated booster of his school, mm. a guy who allegedly gave a recruit cash and free food at his restaurant, had mm. called each other at least 200 times mm. between 2015 and the end of this football coach's tenure last month. That, according to USA Today Records. Let's see. Phone calls, embattled football okay. coach. Who could this be? Well, Guess who? Hold on, because I, 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 this, this image of like... Hookers is popping up in my head. I don't know why. <laughs> really? That's what that's what's popping in your head. Uh, I'm gonna go Hugh Freeze. You were correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is former Ole Miss coach Hugh Freeze in the news yet again. The phone calls included in the period in which this disassociated, I guess, booster Lee Harris, a guy that became a part of the NCA investigation into Ole Miss and continued the phone calls before and after his interview with the NCAA last November, in which, by the way, in the interview, he provided info that was determined to be false. Frequent communication between the head coach and the booster who allegedly violated NCAA rules raises additional questions about whether Old Miss administrators sufficiently monitored Coach Freeze's phone calls during his tenure. Remember, he resigned in July after the school found a pattern of improper phone calls. Oh, you freeze, I mean, look, man. We, we, we've been there before, right, Jonas? You, you hit the call the wrong number, right? Yeah, that's what it, it was. Wasn't that what yeah. happened? 200 times. Yeah. <laughs> um, although that's that's why I always tell people, if you're in Vegas and the guys are handing out those pamphlets on the on the uh, boulevard there, just take those. You never dial the wrong number. Those are all accurate <laughs> de- uh, depictions of the numbers. Maybe not the pictures on the uh, actual card, but just call those numbers. You'll be fine. We're going to stay in college athletics. Story number two. This coach, currently employed, is being sued for breach of contract by the agency that used to represent him, famed CAA. Creative Artists Agency has filed a lawsuit this week in federal court seeking $230,000 it believes it is owed for completed work on behalf of this Pac-12 football coach. Hmm. The lawsuit says the man entered into an oral agreement with CAA in 2011, after which the agency negotiated his contracts for an on-air analyst role at CBS Sports Network and then as head coach hmm. in the Pac-12 conference. Oh, any guesses there, Brady? Who do you oh, this is? is one of my favorite. This guy is the best, absolute best to talk to anytime you got a game down there in the desert. I'm going to go with Rich Rodriguez. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. God, I love that last name. CAA contends even though it's no longer representing Rich Rod, it is still owed money from the contract it negotiated before their separation story number three 
After leaving yesterday's ball game early, this World Series champion pitcher was placed on the DL today with arm fatigue, lat tightness. They say the star will return before the end of the season. Any guess who on this oh, is? Well, you're, I mean, you say World Series. I mean, I hear so much about this guy. Got to have been from a World Series. Clayton Kershaw? <laughs> no. No, oh, no, Cubs oh, fan. Oh, oh. <laughs> John Lester? Got to wait a couple uh, yeah. months for that. It is John yeah. Lester. He allowed nine runs in the top of the second inning uh. yesterday <laughs> on the DL today. The Cubs starting Jake Arietta. By the way, that's the one-day game in the majors today. Cubs are beating the Blue Jays. But, yeah, Lester with an ERA that we haven't seen from him in a while this season goes on to disable us. It'll be more than 10 days. Wow. Next story, this baseball legend, yeah. now age 43, just had his first child. This week, and it was announced, Bella is her name, born this week. The mom is a swimsuit model. Guess oh. who? Yay. I mean, uh, it was announced no on the Players' Tribune. Oh, I'm going to go. You got to think of like a, like a really good-looking guy. Randy Johnson. <laughs> no, not Randy Johnson? No. Okay, I'll go Derek Jeter, I guess. Yes. Oh, my God, I got it right. Derek Jeter, now a father. They are first-time parents they had announced they were expecting back in February. And that's all the time we have. That was Jonas's sack. (laughs) That was the uh, big sack, Jonas. (laughs) Definitely was. Big sack of uh, sports days. Yeah, overflowing. Um, Been a while since we've done that segment, you know? (laughs) It's been a while since DeSager's reached in there. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Gosh, I don't know what it is about that segment. I need a cigarette or something. I've got to get out of here. This is crazy. Boom, baby! Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. You can uh, listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us on Sirius XM Channel 83. Brady and I are normally on Sunday nights, 8 8 p.m. Eastern time to 11 p.m. Eastern time, 5 to 8 Pacific time here on Fox Sports Radio. So if uh, you are not familiar with the format, things are going to get out of control. Usually during that show, the later the show gets, uh, the more offensive the material gets and the more offended people get by the material. So uh, just buckle up because things are going to start getting heated up, Brady Quinn, when you start to mention a possible replacement at quarterback. So uh, Blake Bortles is under some fire. Some people there uh, do not are not believers in the Blake Bortles era in Jacksonville. They think he's not the guy. Uh, Chad Henney is being talked about. Uh, his coach, Doug Marone, did not have a lot of nice things to say about him. We were discussing this earlier. What's the biggest issue right now with Blake Bortles? It could be mental. It could be physical. You're a former quarterback. Speak to us about what the biggest issue you see is. Yeah, I think it is mental. You know, Jay Glazer, who we had on earlier, kind of, talked a little bit about it maybe being more mental than physical. Look, he's he's big, strong. He can make the throws. Now, he's got a little bit of a wind-up as far as his throwing motion and biomechanics, but come on. We've seen a guy for the Jacksonville Jaguars have success with that sort of throwing Leftwich. motion. And Byron Leftwich, yeah. yeah. So the throwing motion isn't what prohibits quarterbacks from being able to be successful or throw an accurate football. Can it help? Of course. Does it help to be quicker than longer? Yeah. But at the end of the day, to me, it's, it's the mentality, it's his confidence. When, when you watch those underthrown balls, it didn't seem like he was following through. It seemed like he kind of pulled off of it a little bit, almost as if he didn't believe that you know, he could make it or he didn't feel confident about the type of throw he was about to make or the, the, the decision that he was about to make. I mean, 
that's what I saw from watching it on film. And again, we're making a big deal about you know a few throws when you're talking about really the second preseason game they've had this this off season. You know, there are some other times too. Where he had some drops. It wasn't like he had a ton of help. But that being said, it just seems to be more of the mental side of things. And I think it obviously started last year when people started talking about his mechanics and talking about his elongated motion like he hadn't had that since he got into the league. And over the offseason, that was all the talk, was Blake Bortles. Whether or not they'd pick up his fifth-year option, which they did, but they waited a while to do so. And the talk is basically that this is a make-or-break year for him. And right now, being the starting quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars and all that pressure and everything, the spotlight that's on him right now, you know, I, I don't know that he's handling it overly well. And, let, and, and that's, that, that's the tough part, I think, that you kind of witness out there you're, or you're watching if you're watching Blake Bortles. Uh, let's be honest, though. I mean, being the, uh, the, the quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's kind of like being the, uh, the midday bartender at Chili's. You know, not exactly mm-hmm. on, the, uh, on the Mount Rushmore of prestigious positions in, uh, in, in all of sports. And I'm just saying, listen, I'm not trying to insult uh, the midday bartender at Chili's. I, I used to be the midday bartender slash busboy at TGI Friday, so I know what that grind is like. Okay, I speak from a position of experience here when I say that. So maybe Blake Bortles just needs a fresh start. Now his head coach, Doug Marone, spoke after the game, and I want you to listen to one of the questions from a media member there in Jacksonville at the end of this because – it leads to another discussion altogether. I met with both quarterbacks afterwards. Uh, I told them what I'm looking for is I'm looking for someone that's going to lead this offense. So uh, I'm not happy with the performance today. I'm not going to sit here and and, uh, BS anyone. I mean, everyone saw it out there. Uh, Whatever you want to call it, I'm still trying to evaluate who the best person is at that position. Is it possible that your starter is not on the roster? I need someone to lead this offense. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and and again. I don't. I don't work with the outside the roster stuff. So for me, I can't answer that question. I work with what we have. <laughs> Why don't you just speak on it, Doug? Come on, Doug. You already quit one job in the NFL. Why don't you just say I'd love to make some moves here, but Tom Coughlin won't let me. Okay, why don't you just say that? Let's have an honest conversation. Kind of felt like a uh, bus just drove by and Doug Marone was driving it. Um, and, and it would be David Caldwell. or I, Look, I don't think that's a shot at Tom Coughlin. Again, I think Tom Coughlin's overseeing all of this, but it still falls on Dave Caldwell. He's the general manager. He's the one that is in, in control of the roster, at least at this point. And, and I'm sure Tom Coughlin gets the final say, but a lot of the work that's being done is still you know, under Dave Caldwell at this point. So maybe that's where some of the frustration is, and it still exists. And it leads you to think, I don't know, Jonas, if there was a quarterback out there that's had some success in the past mm. and is a, currently a free agent, yeah. who hmm. would you think would be a good fit okay. for the Jacksonville okay. well, Jaguars? Okay, because I, these initials keep coming up in my head. These initials C and K keep coming up in my head. And, uh, Calvin and that's right. Klein. No, no, stop goofing around, Brady. I was talking about Case Keenum. Who are you referring to? He's on a roster. Right oh, now. okay. Sorry. Uh, yes. All right. Uh, so Brady, Colin Kaepernick. All right. There it is. Yeah, Colin Kaepernick They're is keeping, the guy. Uh, Copernico. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy. What? Yeah, they're keeping Copernico. Um, Colin Kaepernick is still available. Um, he has been the uh, sort of the at the root of a lot of angst. People are upset about the way he's been treated. Do you see Colin Kaepernick as a guy who could step in? who could be an improvement in Jacksonville, and is there enough time to get him ready for the start of the season? couple things. Blake Bortles has not had competition on that roster since he's gotten there. 
He was the number third overall pick. So because of that, they largely invested into him, and they've built this team out around him in order for him to be able to succeed as a franchise quarterback in the NFL. Last year was a step back, and we don't know what this year is going to bring, but I kind of wonder if maybe they should have drafted someone or should have signed someone to maybe put more pressure on Blake Bortles because I don't feel like he feels pressure from Chad Henney, who's already been on the roster, and actually he took over for when he first came to the league as a rookie. So maybe it wouldn't make – you know, that much, uh, you know, of a big difference, I think, when you're looking at this roster, because I think it could work, and here's why. You want to know why? You want to know what puts pressure on Blake Bortles? Tell him last calls at 10 p.m. All right, try that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so here's, here's why I think it could work, okay? For starters, it, it fills a need, right? If they feel like they don't have what they need to have on the roster at quarterback to win games, Colin Kaepernick's been able to win. He took a team to the Super Bowl. Um, I, I think he could provide something for them that would you know, maybe make sense from that standpoint. Okay, They want to run the ball. Great. Here's what you do. If you've got Leonard Fournette and you've got guys like that in your backfield that you feel like you want to hammer away with the running game and then play good defense, you can still do that with Colin Kaepernick. It doesn't take that much for a quarterback to learn how to hand the football off. And even though Colin Kaepernick is utilized in the zone read option, you can still do that too. And you're still running the football. And because you've got an athletic quarterback that now makes the defense have to account for him potentially running the football, it actually should improve your run game. Because now you've got two threats back there in your one-back set next to Leonard Fournette. So it would help the run game, in my opinion, if you brought in a guy like Colin Kaepernick because he is a running threat. Teams know that. So it would make it a little bit easier on the big boys up front blocking. So it kind of plays into that style of football if they wanted to go that direction. And the easiest thing for quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks in the league, when they struggle, is a good running game and then utilizing play-action pass off of that. Because once you show the ability to run the football, teams put an extra guy down around the line of scrimmage. What that means is you've got one-on-one coverage on the outside. Your reads are simplified, and it's much better for you from a protection standpoint because typically you've got seven guys in protecting for you, only three guys out in routes because everything's simplified on the back end as far as coverage. So that leads me to think Colin Kaepernick, because he hasn't been the best from the pocket, could actually do okay if he only had to read one to two guys in his progression. It wouldn't be that complicated for him. So I, I really do feel like this could work. Now, will it happen? Probably not for, I'm sure, the reason you're about to say right now. There's a couple of reasons. And the first one right off the bat is Tom Coughlin is a stickler about time. You know, if you're, uh, if you're on time, you're late. Uh, you've got to be 10 minutes early. He sets the clocks ahead, and he does that whole OCD thing, and that's fine. But part of the reason he does that is because he's got ties to the military. So people that have ties to the military have been offended by Colin Kaepernick taking a knee during the national anthem. It means something different to them as it would somebody else. You've got ties to the to the military. You yeah. you you know it means something different to you than maybe it does to somebody else. So I think that that's one aspect of it. Do you see that factoring in to Tom Coughlin saying, "Listen, I, I just I don't want this on my team." Oh, no doubt about it. And the other thing that you have to actually look into. And, and, look and at, by the way, and, and not to interrupt, but that is a fair, that is fair for him to do. So all you Kaepernick ball washers out there that want to turn this into, man, that's, that's ridiculous. He can't have the freedom. No, he can have the freedom to do whatever he wants. But if you do that, understand not everybody's going to be receptive to your stance or in this case, your kneel down. Yeah. And the easiest way to put it is, look, we've got plenty of rights 
in, in this country, okay? Plenty of rights to do whatever we want. But depending on what we do, that doesn't mean we always, when we're in, in situations of privilege, like playing in the NFL, it's a situation of privilege. It's a, it's a platform. That doesn't mean you can't speak out for the things you believe in. But there, there's sometimes going to be consequences with that. And whether that's right or wrong, that's a whole other discussion. Uh, but unfortunately, it, it seems like in the case of Colin Kaepernick, for some teams, I, I'm sure that's the consequences. They don't want to bring that on their roster because that's not what they believe or you know, maybe it offended them. But th- the point isn't that. The point is whether or not Colin Kaepernick could fit on their roster. From a talent standpoint, yes. From maybe what they want to do with their offense, Yes, especially if they want to run the football because he can definitely run the football. And as far as play-action pass and, and the boot game and all that, you know, he, he accelerates. You know, he, he excels at that. So that wouldn't be, you know, difficult for Colin Kaepernick to come in and do. Now, you've only got a couple weeks till the season. That would be tough for him to learn an offense in that time. And really the other thing is Blake Bortles is under contract for another year after this year. So, you know, they wouldn't owe him anything if they released him after this season. There's no dead cap hit. So from a business standpoint – they can still do that. But, you know, I'm sure if Colin Kaepernick's going to look at the, at the scenario too and say, if someone's bringing me in, I want it to be a legit opportunity to be there for a year. You know, may, maybe not. Maybe he would just come in for a one-and-done scenario. He signs a one-year deal, plays, maybe plays well, and someone else signs him to a longer-term deal uh, once he becomes a free agent. But they still have Blake Bortles under contract for this year and, and the next year following that. So It'll be interesting to see how things play out. I think we're all rushing the judgment way too fast on this. But if there was a spot right now that potentially could make sense, besides maybe the Baltimore Ravens with, with what's going on with their backup situation, it would be the Jacksonville Jaguars if they're looking for a guy to come in and compete or a guy who could potentially go in there and play some good football. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, I, I know we're all rushing to judgment, but would you rather talk baseball? Come on, man. I mean, let's, you know, let's be honest here. I mean, Not until the playoffs. Yeah. Not until the playoffs. Uh, so he is Brady Quinn. I'm Jonas Knox in for Doug Gottlieb here on Fox Sports Radio. By the way, a uh, guy on Twitter asked a, uh, says this, poll question, who has bleeped more hookers over the last five years, Brady or Jonas? Uh, first of all, first of all, that is what? wrong in so many ways because clearly the answer is John Ramos. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> come on now. I, I don't think that uh, that we should be the only two on that poll. I take but, offense to that. First off, I've been right. married for three. I've been with my wife for six years. What yeah. have I been now? Uh, 2017. I don't. Seven years? I don't take offense to that because it's not that far from a legitimate question. Uh, if you if you left Brady off there. RG three. RG three. Thank you, Christine. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, by the way, John is uh, working the board today with his feet. If anybody is, <laughs> is uh, Ramos. Uh, so Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, in for Doug Gottlieb here, Fox Sports Radio. By the way, I do want to let you know we are brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in the area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. You can get me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox. You can listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app or on Sirius XM Channel 83. Up next, though, a very bizarre situation is unfolding in the NFL involving one of the best players at his position. We'll have the very latest for you next year on FSR. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the uh, here at iHeartRadio as well, too, and Sirius XM Channel 83. So there is a very strange situation that is taking place in the NFL right now involving one of the best players in the league, right? One of the best players in the league. And uh, I want to get to that here coming up in uh, just a couple of minutes here on FSR. But, Brady, I want to just finish up on this with the Colin Kaepernick potential going to Jacksonville. Just from, from a scheme standpoint, Nathaniel Hackett is the offensive coordinator there. If they were to bring him in, 
Is there even enough time to get him ready for the start of the season? Well, go back to last year. He'd suffered through a bunch of injuries, really didn't have a chance to practice in Chip Kelly's offense when he was the head coach of the 49ers. And if you'll recall, Blaine Gabbert started the season for the 49ers. Kaepernick ended up coming in for him, and obviously that gave him more time to practice the offense, but still, think about it. When you're practicing during the season, all those reps that when you're running your offense, they're going to the starting quarterback. So at that time, it was Blaine Gabbert. So yes, you have more time in the classroom to digest that offense, but you're not getting live reps of it, at least not until he took over as the starting quarterback. You know, you're running scout team reps where you're essentially just looking at a card and they're circling around, you're throwing to that guy because that's what the defense thinks that the offense is going to do when it comes around time for the game. So I think he can. I mean, he's shown the propensity to be able to do it last year, at least if you just look at sheer numbers that 16 touchdowns, only four interceptions. I mean, I think he can. Uh, but again, I, I don't know the complexities of Nathaniel Hackett, uh, Hackett's offense. I, I do know this. If they had to adapt to Colin Kaepernick's skill set, because you know, I don't think they have many zone replays in for their quarterbacks, whether it's Blake Bortles or Chad Henney or even Brandon Allen, who's their number three right now. Um, I think Nathaniel Hackett has some experience with it. I mean, he coached at the college level with Doug Marone at Syracuse. So it's not like this will be something that's completely brand new to them. I mean, they've, they've done these blocking schemes. You have kind of zone blocking schemes anyway that all you have to do is essentially adjust, you know, how you end up preaching to the quarterback in the shotgun what he's reading, whether it's the end man along a scrimmage or it could be the linebacker, but that's not that big of a deal. Um, you basically help out your, you know, backside tackle on the run blocking scheme. So not, not to get too complex, too complicated, but I, I really do think he could do it. I mean, we're ver- on the verge of this being kind of that cutoff point where it might be, you know, it's pretty tough to do. But if he's not going to play right away, I think he would definitely have an opportunity to do it. I mean, kind of different from the scenario, at least that the Dolphins are in with Jay Cutler, where he just got there 10 days ago. And, and this guy's already running a no huddle offense yeah. in his first time running their preseason. Um, he is Brady Quinn. I'm Jonas Knox in for Doug Gottlieb here, Fox Sports Radio. I do want to let you know we are brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and on average save over $3,000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a newer used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. All right, so the Le'Veon Bell situation in Pittsburgh is, uh, is really strange because everybody understands what he's doing. He doesn't want to report to training camp, doesn't want to be a part of the preseason, uh, but he, I, I guess his message to certain people within the organization that he will be there before the regular season starts. So this is clearly a, a decision on health, and he's got the franchise tag, and he doesn't want to get hurt. So this uh, this came out according to um, Ed Bouchette, and I probably uh, mispronounced that name. It could be Boucher, but whatever, <laughs> of the uh, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. <laughs> He, uh, he reported on Friday that, um, that information didn't make it to the people that were negotiating the deal that the Steelers had originally, had originally offered. That reportedly uh, Bell was, was offered a five-year deal with an annual average above the $12.1 million that he was set to make this season. And they were going to have $30 million of that that was going to be paid out over the first couple of years. And so... When Bell made it clear that the offer that that he wasn't really into the offer that he was not in ru- in a rush to sign the deal was worth less than than what he was really asking for, which is you know the wide receiver two money and all the other contracts there, uh, reportedly the Bell's agent 
on the five-year deal, he said he was baffled because Bell had rejected it with the deadline at about to pass, that that the agent was under the assumption that he was going to agree to this because it was it, it was the deal that was there. Now, the agent has come out, and you've seen to where the agent has denied this report, but clearly yeah. they're not on the same page. Something is something – is, how does this happen? How does, well, you've negotiated contracts as a player. How does a breakdown like this happen between a team, an agent, and the player? Usually the agent is the one who's the intermediary between the player and the team. So sometimes you know, some players won't be as in the loop as far as what's being discussed, what was on the table. And whenever you're in a contract dispute – each side's going to try to use the media and leak out information to their advantage to paint a certain picture. So if you can all of a sudden create dissension between the agent and the player, where the player is maybe thinking he missed out on something or you know, something was offered that he would have signed that he didn't, um, you know, those sorts of things can create enough dissension where maybe the player even fires his agent. I mean, if you'll recall, you remember the last player who, had, who was, was franchise-tagged, they ended up pulling the franchise tag. So he became a free agent. That was Josh Norman with the Carolina Panthers. Remember David Gettleman and him, you know, basically couldn't come to an agreement yeah. or he couldn't come to an agreement with Josh Norman's agent at the time. And because of that incident, he ended up firing his agent over it. Ended up signing with the Washington Redskins, and now he's got different representation. So that's kind of sometimes the games that I think teams try to play with the agent and really the player, especially if the player hasn't had as much communication, you know, with the front office. You know, they'll try to go the roundabout way of talking to him and you know, they know the players out there reading headlines, so they have no problem kind of leaking some stuff out there. But, yes, uh, Adisa Bakari is Le'Veon Bell's agent. and Sounds like know, a cologne. <laughs> exotic does, cologne. doesn't it? Adisa, <laughs> what, is that, what are you wearing? It's a Adisa Kalari. Oh, so Bakari, kind of, but oh, close. Whatever. Close enough. Right. <laughs> I knew you didn't care whatever. about the name. <laughs> e- either way, you know, my, my, my problem with this whole, this whole deal is there's not enough facts to really know what he turned down. Like, we don't know how much guaranteed money was given to him because what we know right now is if Le'Veon Bell signs the franchise tag, comes back to play with the Steelers this year, he gets $12 million plus and change this year. Now, if they can't come to a long-term agreement, they can franchise tag him again for a second straight year, much like Kirk Cousins playing quarterback for the Washington Redskins. That's what he's about to do this year. And if that's the case, that 12.7 or whatever it is this year for Le'Veon Bell plus the 14 point whatever million it would be because he would get an increase in his pay in next year's franchise tag I mean you're looking at roughly 27 million guaranteed money over two years so unless we have the actual numbers of what was actually guaranteed to him in the the next two years he's not in a bad situation because he's either going to get 27 million over the next two years if he gets tagged twice or he gets 12 point whatever, you know, 0.7, whatever it is this year, and then becomes a free agent if the Steelers don't want to sign him to a long-term deal. So uh, I don't think really not would, a bad situation. I don't think they would tag him twice. I don't. I, 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 I really don't think they like would. It, okay, so here's the thing. A, the franchise a quarter, tag. Because doesn't it seem like he's trying to pull the Kirk Cousins, but it's a different situation with Kirk Cousins. It's almost like he's trying to do the Kirk Cousins where he's going to live by the franchise tag and just go year to year, and then if he finally does get a long-term deal, he's already made a bulk of money in those two years he was franchised. Yeah, but look at, look at what Devontae Freeman just got. I mean, think about that. He just got a really nice deal yeah. from the Atlanta Falcons. So, actually, that plays to Le'Veon Bell's advantage because I think he looks at himself and says, I'm a better player. I even missed games last year, and I put up you know, more yards per game when I played, not in totality, but as far as his production per game, he was as versatile and as useful, if not more so. 
So because of that, I think he looks at that contract and says, no, I, I want to you know, do a little bit better than that if I want a long-term deal. And if not, keep franchise tagging me because you've already started going down this road. And that's the problem with the franchise tag. It was originally created so teams could keep their franchise quarterback. Now it's being applied to all positions. And these players and their agents are saying to the team, well, I want at least $12.7 million a year because you're already telling me you can pay me that for one year. Why can't you pay me that for three to four to five years if that's the kind of deal we want to sign? And that's the predicament is the agents are, you know, they're saying that to the team. The team's saying, you know, you're taking up too much cap space and, you know, we can't, you know, we can't afford to do that. You know, it, it, it binds up too much money when we would be able to spend it on other players. Whether that's the truth or not, it all depends on each team. But in this case, I think he might use the franchise tag to his advantage. And in this report, and I don't want to butcher the guy's name again, so I'm just going to call him Ed from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Ed from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette <laughs> is saying <laughs> – that um that the agent and that the Steelers and the agent thought that they had come to terms on this deal. And then when they found out that Le'Veon Bell didn't like the deal, then it all fell through. But they they like they had they had thought, the agency had thought that they had agreed to terms on, and then Le'Veon Bell decided not like is that even is that even possible? Is that possible that that happens? Like uh, like the agent has he talks to you every single time before he goes back to the team, right? Or they do they engage with the, in, in negotiations with the team, and you just say, "Hey, we trust you to go do what needs to be done." No, I mean, I, I believe your representation has an obligation to present all offers to you. It's kind of like when you're going looking for a house, when people are submitting offers back and forth. You know, if you submit an offer, they've got to present it. I mean, that's what your realtor is there to do uh, when you're representing someone. It's kind of the same way as an agent. And yeah. if a team throws out an offer, they've got to present it to the player. And he's got to be in the know with it. Now, again, I don't know. That's That's been my experience, you know, from playing and being represented. You know, maybe Le'Veon Bell's a different relationship with, with his agent, but I assume that's how it went. Uh, before we get to break, um, how many different agents have you had during the course of your career? I only had one. I had uh, Tom Condon was my agent with CAA. I always thought he did a, a great job with my contracts. So uh, I, I love Tom. He's a former player, straight shooter, uh, wouldn't BS. And, uh, you know, t- to be honest, I'm not sure how much, you know, agents really do besides doing the, the language or the, the contract itself. I mean, and I'm bigger not, agents, you know, teams probably pick up the phone when they call. And I'm not um, trying to put you in a bad spot here because I don't, I yeah. don't want you – I don't want to, you know, burn any bridges here. You know I'm not about that. I'm not here to, stir, to cause any problems or anything like that. But, <laughs> like, if you had to say, which agent is the biggest scumbag in sports? If you, just if you had to say. <laughs> just, just off the top of your head. I mean, if you want to give me initials, I'll take initials. That's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm not asking for a I, lot here. I, don't, I mean, I only had one agent. I don't, I don't know. I, it, it's not like I'm out meeting a bunch of agents and, like, interviewing uh, a bunch of people. Like, even when I was <laughs> – <laughs> trying to choose an agent when I was in college. Once I once I was finished, um, you know, playing and all that, my parents went through most of those interviews. I mean, they helped me along along the way. So I, I guess any scumbags that my parents would have met, all right, you know, they'd be they'd be better to talk to about that. Chopper Quinn and, and Robin, my mom okay. and dad. All right, fair enough. Uh, your dad's name is Chopper. No, it's his nickname. Uh, he was uh, he was a gunny on a helicopter in Vietnam. So hmm. I, I think that's he. That's, he tells a couple. Stories. By the way, you know who else's nickname was Chopper? Who's that? Jeffrey Dahmer. That's not true. Oh, sorry. I think uh, he was Brady, from Ohio, though, right? I have no idea. I was, 
I was going to say Lorena Bobbitt, but I didn't think the audience oh. would remember that far back. So, all right, Brady Quinn, uh, Jonas Knox in for Doug Gottlieb here on Fox Sports Radio. Keep it together, Brady. We're trying to be professionals here. Uh, you can also listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app and on Sirius XM Channel 83. Up next, though, one of the most disliked players in all of sports is back. Find out who we're talking about in 60 seconds from now. No commercials. First, though, let's find out what's trending. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live here at the iHeartRadio studios as well as on Sirius XM Channel 83, in for Doug Gottlieb today. A uh, little corn for Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn's a, a diehard corn fan. Uh, Brady Quinn uh, was actually considering uh, putting his hair in dreadlocks, just like the guitarist <laughs> for quite some time. No? Is that yeah. not true? Yeah, no, that's never that's, been true. That's not the move in South Ever. Bend? Uh, uh, would, would work out to corn, but uh, can't say that I've ever okay. contemplated the dreadlocks. I had them. I did it. Did you yeah, really? Yeah, I did it, yeah. I used to be in a band, and, and my hair was long, and I had the side shaved, and I put uh, dreadlocks no, in. No, you did I swear to God. So was this during the time you worked at Chuck E. Cheese? No, or? that was that was after Chuck E. Cheese. Okay. Yeah, that was after Chuck E. Cheese, facial hair, piercings, tattoos, you name it. I mean, ba- if you were to say, like, if, if your daughter, if Sloan, she gets older and she says, hey, Daddy, what's Hot Topic? You would just show a picture of me years ago. It's it's embarrassing. How did, it's how did I know you were going to bring up hot topics? It, it's it's show. just what I think about. Like that's what I think. Like man, like I was in that store all the time. What an embarrassment! What an embarrassment! Like, do you ever do you ever look back at like some of the things you wore back in the day and you go, I can't believe I wore that. No, because I didn't shop at Hot Topic. Okay, well, <laughs> what about this? Uh, I used to go to the gym in a wife beater. How d baggy is that? Yeah, I feel that, like there, there's like a phase for yeah. that in your life, though, right? By the way, Tom Brady actually saw me in the gym one time. This is true. Tom Brady saw me in the gym one time. I was doing cardio, and here's what he said afterwards. Janice! Janice! Well, that's not quite it. Tom, your thoughts? Janice! No, Tom. Uh, Tom Brady is uh, is here. Sorry, he was working out. He was taking uh, some, some coffee there. Uh, he was talking about my cardio sessions, Tom. I got a chance to talk to Jonas before the game tonight. I asked him, a one out of ten, how much do you hate that thing? He said, probably a nine. Uh, all right, so let's uh, seriously, John. John's trying to throw me under the bus here. This is ridiculous. This is <laughs> this totally three ridiculous. Times right. in a row, okay, John. but seriously, no. Tom Brady saw me doing cardio at the gym one time, and they asked him, "Hey, what'd you think?" And here was Tom. Jonas ran great. See. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Listen, like you know, you guys could try and doubt me all you want, but I just keep providing you with <laughs> with actual evidence here and facts. I don't know what to tell you. I uh, yeah, we should move on. Okay. Um, let's move on to uh, to a guy <laughs> that that both you and I have supported, and we've been on an island alone with this. And that guy is Jay Cutler. All right, Jay Cutler makes his debut for the Miami Dolphins in a preseason game on Thursday night, and uh, Jay Cutler after the game spoke with members of the media. Here you go. Um, a little nervous uh, to get it going, but once we got out there, it was it was fun. I mean, these guys are. You guys are really talented on the outside, so they make it they make it pretty easy for me. You know, you just got to immerse yourself as, as best you can. Be around these guys constantly. Uh, ask a lot of questions. Um, you know, see what they like, what they dislike. Uh, you know, it just takes takes a little bit of time. But I mean, if you, I think if with this group, they make it a little bit easier because uh, it is a bunch. It is a younger team, but they're really good guys. They want to win, um, and they're good football players. Ooh, how's that? Shots at Brandon Marshall in his time in Chicago. I don't know about that, huh? Little, <laughs> don't little, stir little it up. That's oh, not – come on. Sorry. I, uh, I, I did think, if anything, you know, you talked about how good the guys are on the outside. We didn't, didn't really talk about the offensive line, which – <laughs> look, that, 
that debut would have been better had there yeah. not been a, a couple of holding calls. But all in all, I think the thing that you have to be impressed by, and I said this earlier, like Jake Cutler's been a Miami Dolphin for, what, 10 days? And he comes in right away, and he's running a no-huddle offense. And I, it, it almost would be like this. I always tell people learning an offense is like speaking a different language because that's what it is in football terms. You're, you're using different concepts, phrases, sometimes different you know, series of numbers to communicate a play and how it all works in unison. So the problem is when you learn a new offense, it, it's like you know, speaking Spanish from English or Portuguese or whatever it may be. So it takes some time to learn. Now, Jay Cutler's got experience from being with Adam Gase in 2015. And that's really why when Ryan Tannehill went down, it was Jay Cutler and only Jay Cutler. People want to throw out a bunch of different names. That just wasn't the case. Because they knew Jay Cutler could come in from day one and know the offense. It was more a matter of him getting down his timing and, and rhythm and chemistry with the pass catchers, the wide receivers that he was going to be throwing to. And, and I thought right out the gate, him operating that system in a no-huddle offense just kind of proves that fact. I mean, how many guys come in off the street, he's been retired for four months, and come right in a way, look as smooth, <laughs> right. operating everything and spitting the ball as Jay Cutler did. And I, his offseason consisted of his wife uh, posting videos of him on uh, Instagram or uh, Instagram video, whatever the hell that is. I don't know. You do that stuff. I don't do it. Uh, and uh, his <laughs> wife posting a picture of him and his, his bare ass on social media this offseason. Like, that's that's what he's done all offseason. He stepped right in, and he looked. and what, again, to a nudist colony? Yeah, yeah. Saying? I don't know. It was something like that. I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not really into that stuff, but but if certain people are, that's fine. I'm not here to judge. You know, whatever. I mean, <laughs> you want to go or something? Um, but he, so he steps right in, and he only, you know, he only attempted six passes and all that, and there were a couple of holding penalties. Here was my thing, and we talked about this before the show. He took a hit. Uh, his last series where they drove him to the ground on his shoulder, man, <laughs> he's already had injury issues to begin with. Concussion issues. He's had stuff with his hamstring, his groin. He's had issues before. He just, he hurt his shoulder last year. If if I'm then, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't risk this. You know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rush it to, to make sure that he's out there as much as you need him to be. I would just trust that he figures it out when you get to the pre, to the regular season. Here's the scary thing. He just had that shoulder operated on. He got cleared in March for, I I believe it was a posterior labrum tear, something like that. And he just, I mean, that was the shoulder that he landed on. And my my first thought was, oh my gosh, just get up. This would be the worst thing you could imagine for a player, for the team, fans, everyone. And once he did get up, I was like, take him out. And and sure enough, they did. But the rest of the preseason, I know fans want to see more from him and they want to see him you know go lead the team down on a touchdown drive I think that those drives were headed in that direction and he would have had about 50 more yards combined in that drive with, with how much the holding penalties took off from the completion I believe there's a long run that got called back but you know wrap him in bubble wrap man like you remember the little giants well, I think they used like one of those little <laughs> those mattress top oh, eight buttons just wrap him up in that send him out there for a series and just get him to the regular season when the games matter. I mean, that's where that, that's that's where oh, that's what this is going to come down to is if the Miami Dolphins can stay healthy. And by the way, that that little Giants movie, I remember watching that the first time when I was younger going, man, this is a cool movie. And then I, wa- I saw it on on like four or five months ago. I saw it on and I was ashamed of myself that I liked that movie. That movie really? was terrible. Absolutely. Oh, terrible. come on. It's terrible. For little kids playing football. It's terrible. great. That's like saying, you know, like the Sandlot. 
Like you watched it when you were young, thought it was the greatest oh, thing that, ever. That, oh, that oh that movie stinks. The Sandlot, that movie. That, you have no heart. No, you just have no the, heart. it's one of those things. The older you get, the worse the movie is. You know what movie I saw last night? Uh, Lethal Weapon. You want to talk about cheese ball? Like every time there's an issue, they play this weird saxophone sound in the background. Like what is? Yeah, this? that was almost like the eighties, early nineties. That's yeah, what they did, know. dude. I don't need to be yelled at by you. That's all I know. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you're like. You're taking one of the best movies from like that era, and and you're complaining about what the soundtrack and like what was played in the background. Listen, there's one guy here qualified to talk about movies, and that's John Ramos. And so we will pick his brain coming up later on. We'll get his thoughts. He'll settle. Right. The, he'll settle the debate here on Fox Sports Radio. That's Brady Quinn. I'm Jonas Knox uh, in for Doug Gottlieb here, Fox Sports Radio. Up next, though, very controversial comments were made on the Fox Sports Radio airwaves. You will hear them next year on FSR. Uh, Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, in for Doug Gottlieb here, Fox Sports Radio. We've got uh, some very uh, controversial stuff going on here at Fox Sports Radio. Very, very controversial. We're going to get to that here in just a minute. I do want to let you know, where the hell did the music go? I do want to let you know that we are brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Um, We're going to get to a little segment uh, they do here on the Doug Gottlieb Show called What Did the Fox Say? Uh, Quickly, though, Brady, uh, some people have chimed in on Twitter. I know you love this stuff, right? I know you love this stuff. Guy writes in and says, uh, and this is actually sent to you, but I was tagged in it. And he says, uh, (laughs) he says uh, to Brady, your guy Jonas Knox is a legend when it comes to prostitution. Only Charlie Sheen has got him beat. Wow. Yeah. That's actually like Hall of Fame status, though, well, right? I mean, that it's, actually, that's that, a compliment. Listen, I, and I, I have thick skin, and I don't, I don't remind, not everywhere, clearly. Uh, and I don't mind, I don't mind um, the, the criticism, but uh, that, that actually bothers me a lot because I clearly, clearly am better than Charlie Sheen when it comes to prostitution. So the <laughs> fact that he is, that he has docked me points <laughs> there is not, uh, is not fair. Uh, another guy tweets in here. I hope, uh, I hope it's not a guy, actually. Uh, says uh, Brady and Jonas equal best looking show on Fox Sports One. How about that? <laughs> you learn something new every day because I, I didn't know that Mike. Enough. I didn't know that we were on Fox Sports One. Who, who if we that? are, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, because I I, I'm, I'm looking and I think there's like uh, is that is that monster truck racing? <laughs> you know no, what though? Looking... Don't be like one of those girls who like can't take a compliment. Like, look, it, it's a compliment. Just take it. Let's move on. Like, don't, you know, try to be nitpicky with it. You know, right. so, that's what I feel like you're doing with this one. Okay, well, okay. Alright, don't be nitpicky. Brady, sorry. How about this one? <laughs> Guy tweets in and says Jonas is beyond douchey and a cheese ball. He's actually been spotted in the gym shadow boxing in Ed Hardy gear. First of all, that actually would be the definition of douchey. It is. That is a well done tweet. Round of applause for that guy. That's well done. (laughs) He even got the name brand in there. That is well done. Oh my God. (laughs) By the way, if you ever see me in Ed Hardy gear, they're not a sponsor, are they, John? Let's go live to our Ed Hardy sponsor insider, John Ramos. John? Uh, They are not a sponsor. Okay. If you ever see me in Ed Hardy gear, tase me on the spot. Okay. Tase me right on the spot if you see me in Ed Hardy gear. So, there it is. Um, All right. So, Brady, something uh, they do on the show here, it is called What Did the Fox Say? It's where there's some, you know, some some comments or some discussions that are had here on the Fox Sports Radio airwaves. This one is something that took place recently that caused quite the stir 
all over social media. And now, <laughs> it's easy to say that when you're Joel Klatt and you went to somewhere like Colorado. And again, I'm not trying to degrade Colorado, but I can tell you the admission standards into Notre Dame are much greater than what he ever experienced. It sounds to me more like a hot take than anything else. And if that's what you're into, that's great. I know he you know, maybe wants to talk about his perspective from the outside and yada, yada, yada. A lot of talk, a lot of hot air. But this is also the same guy that has his top five quarterback list and left off the Heisman Trophy winner from last year. So... You have to look at where it's coming from and look at the basis of what he's actually saying to see if there's you know, any logic or any common sense to it. And to me, it just sounds like a hot take, man. What does the fuck say? Wow. Wow. I mean, I thought that thing was dead. You just have to keep bringing it back up. <laughs> Listen, this isn't my show, man. Okay, we're just filling in. <laughs> this look, isn't my, that was carefully that was edited. Me. Here's the thing. Joel, Joel Klatt is, has been one of the best people in this business to me. I respect him a ton as a broadcaster, um, and he's taught me a lot about the business and all that. So did I get a little bit heated about some of the comments in regards to my former coach, my former alma mater? Yes. And and I think I, I was a little bit over the top. I think you know that. I know that. Uh, and, and I've talked to him since then. I apologize to him yeah. about that. doesn't mean we can't still disagree yeah, about whatever. stuff. Who you cares? Know? People disagree with me all the time. Cares. Mostly on Twitter. Yeah, that's fine. Listen, I, I get called uh, names all the time on Twitter. I don't take it personally. It's fine. It's fair enough, man. I, yeah. I told you, I grew up. I my dad called me this so often. I thought my middle name was a hole. I'm, I mean that. So I'm used to it. Hey, we got more next. Fox Sports Radio. You can find us on the iHeartRadio app. He is Brady Quinn. I am Jonas Knox. You can normally hear us here on Fox Sports Radio from 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday nights. It is the highest rated show on this network in that time slot. That is a fact. Think about it. That is a proven fact. I'm not trying to have an ego about things, but it is the highest rated show on the network in that time slot. But uh, Brady Quinn, we have got, uh, we've got a bit of bad news, right? A bit of bad news because if... You have turned on Fox Sports Radio, and you are listening right now across the country, and you want to hear wall-to-wall coverage of everything happening in the world of baseball. No shot. Not even for a second (laughs) will we discuss Major League Baseball on this program today. It is all about the NFL because there's nothing interesting right now in Major League Baseball, and we'll save that uh, for a couple of segments we've got to fill over the weekend. But let's get it started here with uh, the situation in the NFL, and this is sort of a a sticky one involving Ezekiel Elliott, the NFLPA and the NFL going back and forth, uh, the the, the, – calling out of of the victim in the Ezekiel Elliott uh, case in which he there was domestic violence uh, whether or not they're trying to trying to slander the name of the witness and all the other elements to this stuff here where do you stand on this Elliott case just in, from from a cowboy standpoint and how they should handle this for starters i'll just say this i have more questions than than really answers or responses because uh it it starts really with some of the other players who were accused of domestic violence in the past that weren't convicted of that. So they had allegedly um, acted in a way or abused a woman in a way, and there was allegations. However, for one reason or another, 
either the charges were dropped or in the case of Ezekiel Elliott, there wasn't enough information for the Columbus Police Department to move forward with the trial, at least from a criminal standpoint. So um, I've got more questions than, than really answers or responses because it seems like there's been a lot of inconsistencies with this domestic violence policy that the NFL st- seemed to institute after Ray Rice. After the whole debacle with the Ray Rice security footage or lack thereof with the NFL, it, it seems like they wanted to try to you know get things right again. They wanted to institute a, a six-game suspension that was standard for any sort of domestic violence issue. And it, it could be potentially even worse in some cases. Greg Hardy's was initially 10 games, and then it was reduced down to four, if, if my recollection serves me correct. Yeah. So the problem is it hasn't been consistent. And I, under, I understand you have to take it on a case-by-case basis, but, for example, in Josh Brown's situation, the former New York Giant, I mean, it was documented. There was evidence of him talking about the abuse. And he got a one-game suspension. Now you're talking about a player in Ezekiel Elliott where it's hard to necessarily take away much from this this whole ordeal because of the way things have been kind of leaked out to the press. And you've got the NFLPA and the NFL on both sides kind of throwing mud back and forth publicly. It's hard to really take much from it because – you don't know what the purpose is on either side. It, the NFL accused the NFLPA of trying to discredit um, Tiffany Thompson, who is the accuser in this case of Ezekiel Elliott for domestic violence, and the NFLPA said we have we don't know anything about that. And, and in fact, the article, if I'm not mistaken, originated on a website that is owned by the NFL. Yeah, and it was the NFL. It was from the 160-page document where they have the back-and-forth blackmail text messages. So the fact that the NFL, unless they've got actual evidence that the NFLPA was leaking this stuff, to throw that out there is insane to me. (laughs) Like, to even even go that direction in this whole case blows my mind on on behalf of the NFL. So... Because of that, again, it just leaves a bunch of question marks. Like, for example, remember when Adrian Peterson was suspended, but he was put on the commissioner exempt list? Yeah. This incident originally happened, I believe, in 2015. The investigation was going on all last year. That, that was when it started and it was going on. So why at that point, if Ezekiel Elliott was under investigation, why did they still allow him to play for the Dallas Cowboys? It, 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 I mean, it doesn't make as much sense as far as the standard you're trying to set and then not suspending him where, again, he still would have been paid. I know some people have issues with that. However, you know, you obviously run the risk of just being blackmailed where someone can allegedly accuse you of domestic violence or something else, and all of a sudden you end up on the commissioner's exemplist because they have to do an investigation, and they don't want you to be playing while under investigation. That was the case with Adrian Peterson. He was on the exemplist. I think that was the case with Greg Hardy too. And I guess I don't understand why – Ezekiel Elliott wasn't placed on the exemplist last year then, so they could go through the the you know proper you know research and and whatever else they need to find in order to come up with a decision. And you know to just to be transparent, I was out at the NFL on Fox seminar this past weekend, and Roger Goodell came out and spoke to us. Oh, he's oh you got to talk to Rog. Yeah, oh, yeah? and oh. one of the things that I took away from that was unless there is new evidence. Unless there is new evidence that is presented now to Harold Henderson, who has been appointed as the person who will hear the appeal, it won't be Roger Goodell. But unless there's new evidence that there's not going to be any reduction in the suspension. And 
you know, that, that's where I, I kind of sit there and say, okay, um, so are we, are, what are we missing? Did Aziga Elliott withhold information from their initial investigation? Maybe that's what stalled this for such a long period of time where they continually kept trying to get him to turn things over. Maybe a cell phone, like in the case of, you know, the Tom Brady with Deflategate, where we all remember he, he you know, destroyed his cell phone, and that became a big point in that whole ordeal. You know, maybe that was something that happened in this case. You know, whatever it was, you know, and obviously we don't know from the outside looking in, but whatever it was, there's obviously some reason to believe that, you know, maybe if there's a chance of this getting reduced, there has to be something new that's introduced besides what's been leaked out on the Internet. Because what's in question right now is the integrity of the young woman who has accused Ezekiel Elliott. Because at this point, we know from the judicial standpoint, Columbus obviously didn't feel like they had enough information to be able to you know, take this to trial and criminally convict Ezekiel Elliott. So they dropped the case altogether. And I know there are a lot of people out there who said, well, Ezekiel Elliott played at Ohio State, and you know, he'll be treated more favorably there. But ask Troy Smith or JT Barrett, both of whom played quarterback, won a Heisman Trophy winner, one who's been extremely successful. We've both got DUIs in Columbus, Ohio. So it's not like they just let any Buckeye off the hook. That hasn't been the case. Uh, I, I believe they do their due diligence and they do a good job uh, as it relates to what they need to do to build up a case. Um, the other thing you'll have, to, you'll have to notice is there hasn't been a, a civil trial, right? Like Ezekiel Elliott hasn't been charged in that manner, which you know Tiffany Thompson still would be able to. And if that was the case, you know they both have to testify under oath. I, I don't know that either has had to testify under oath at this point. I mean, all we know to this point is the NFL performed their research, their investigation. Typically, they do take testimonies. I, I don't know, you know, if they did from both parties, if they were under oath from both parties. Uh, but, but at this point, they made their decision based on the evidence that they had that it's deserving of a six-game suspension. And, for, again, from Roger Goodell and what he said at that meeting uh, on Monday, he seems to feel like they have a lot of information and really good information. They feel like they have solid grounds for suspending Ezekiel Elliott for six games. Uh, which, uh, and, and again, I don't want to put you in a bad spot here because, again, I never want to do that. All right, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox. I know where this is going. Right. No, I know where this hold, is going. Listen, no, hold on, hold on. Yeah, no, I know. I know where it's going. Um, which team does Roger Goodell hate the most in the NFL? Like, like <laughs> one, like one that he that he hopes loses and intentionally tries to screw over. Is it the Patriots? Or I or think you'd have Rogers to say the thought? Patriots, right? Okay. I mean, based on you know how deflate gate how that whole ordeal worked and, and out. again i i don't want to put you in a bad spot it's just you spoke to the man so i so i i'm just curious like you know who in the nfl <laughs> that, is he out to get that wasn't the number one thing i asked him when we spoke i hadn't been able to talk to him in person at least not for any length of time since uh i was drafted i, I was a part of the first draft class that roger goodell uh, was at the draft and kind of presided over and we were able to, you know, kind of talk to him privately a couple of days beforehand. So that was really the first time I've had any significant amount of time to talk to him. Did and you guys, uh, when you when so when you were a first round pick, so when you went up there, Brady Quinn, did you and Roger Goodell embrace like he does nowadays? Did you hug or did you just shake hands? I can't remember. I mean, dude, honest, I waited so long in that in that green room. It was like five hours or whatever. Right. I, I don't know what I did. I kind of blacked out. I just ran up on stage. I was just trying not to cry so I didn't look like a wuss because right. I was so happy the Browns drafted me at, You know, because it was a hometown team and all that, like a dream come true. All right, homework assignment for people listening right now. Uh, tweet me, at the Jonas Knox. Find the video of Brady being drafted. We're going to find out whether he embraced Roger Goodell or shook his hand. 
because this is going to tell me a lot about Brady Quinn, right? Because I'm hoping what you did is you did one of those where you reached to shake his hand and then you brushed your hair back. You pulled your hand back and brushed your hair back because you were so annoyed that you had to wait that long. That's what I'm hoping for. I had a flow bucket back then, so yeah, you I'm did. sure uh, at some point I had to brush back the hair. Um, did, in, in all seriousness, though, does Roger Goodell, when you're talking to him and this conversation comes up and he's talking about domestic violence and one of the best young players in the league, this is, and, and I was saying this, because it's such a sensitive issue and it's such a sensitive topic, I don't think that, that people act normally. You know, I don't think that people act in their normal behavior. Like, I, I compare it to... You know, if you've ever, if you're friends with a couple of people that aren't getting along and they show up to the same place together, everybody senses a tension in the room. Everybody senses something uncomfortable is in the room. Does he seem like a guy that's uncomfortable with the topic? Uh, that Like he's uncomfortable, like he's, like he's sort of worn out from all the criticism he's taken over the past couple of years because he has taken an absolute beating from a lot of people over the last three, four years. I think what they've done in response to that is really beef up their security and, and the infrastructure within the NFL as far as how they handle these, these cases. That, that's what I think he, they, they've done in response. Because, again, he seemed very, very confident about the information they've been able to gather, you know, maybe even more so than what the local law enforcement has been able to gather. And almost like any sort of large corporation that you'll see from time to time, I'm, I'm sure you look at a lot of the you know, big dot-coms, whether it's Facebook, Apple, Microsoft, whoever – you know, they've got security departments too, and, and they do their due diligence and, and research on things. And I'm sure Roger Goodell, after everything that happened with Ray Rice and you know, TMZ finding the video and coming out with it, I can guarantee you he probably said, you know, we need to figure out a way of improving our ability to find out information and, and be able to make you know, better decisions and better judgments in these particular cases because you know, we've, we've swung and missed big time. And you know, now – we're in the position where we should have enough funds to be able to provide the proper investigations to figure it all out and, and provide a, a just punishment or what's perceived to be just, you know, based off what we deem. And, and look, it's in the collective bargaining agreement for all those people who are upset about, you know, Ezekiel Elliott being suspended for six games. I mean, this is what the players collectively bargained in their last labor negotiation. And, and they allowed Roger Goodell to continue to have the power that he's had to be the judge, the jury and the execution. Uh, he is Brady Quinn. I'm Jonas Knox in for Doug Gottlieb here on Fox Sports Radio. want to let you know that we are brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. You can also listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app, and you can get me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox. You can get Brady at third underscore goal. Up next, though, there is uh, somebody in the NFL who loves to talk. They can't stop talking, but for some reason they have gone silent. We'll tell you who that is and why next year on FSR. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, in for Doug Gottlieb here, Fox Sports Radio. You can always listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, you know, you ask and you shall receive, Brady Quinn. Uh, we do have a story uh, <laughs> yes. out of the NFL. We have a story out of the NFL uh, that we will get to. Right, because somebody in the NFL has become very quiet, and it's a, a strange situation. So you ask and you shall receive. I wanted to know if back in the day when you were drafted by the Cleveland Browns, and this was uh, 2007? 2007. Yeah. When you were drafted by the Cleveland Browns, what the embrace was like between you and Roger Goodell. And I said a homework assignment for somebody out there uh, listening to send me over on Twitter. I want actual video evidence we have gotten that. 
a gentleman by the name of Mike from Boston. Uh, there's also, I think, another guy had sent one in the Boston, the Boston Sea Monster. I have no idea. And no, I didn't say that. That <laughs> is actually how his you name is. You definitely said it. You but definitely said it in the Boston that, That's accent. how it is. It, uh, the Sea Monster isn't an ER. It's an AH at the end of it. Uh, they have sent over oh. a video of Brady Quinn being drafted back in 2007. There's a bunch of Browns fans here. Some guy in a Charlie Fry jersey. Oh, my God. Talk about losing a bet. Charlie Fry? <laughs> that guy stunk. All right, so uh, the uh, the video here, and we are waiting to to find out. I want to see the embrace. I want to see the embrace here from uh, from Brady Quinn. It is that I'm hearing about. Okay, so I'm up to two fifty. All right, here we go. There's a handshake, Brady Quinn. Roger tries to hug you. You deny him. You, my man, you deny him. You hold up the jersey. You are clearly annoyed. I'm giving play by play. You're chewing gum at the time. What ju- what gum are you chewing there at that time? Oh boy. Probably was winter fresh. If it was right. like 10, 11 years ago, 10, 10 years ago, probably winter fresh. Damn, that's a head of hair on you. That is a head of hair on you. All the way under the hat. That is well done. So look at you. I'm proud of you, man. I thought you were going to uh, you know, take a selphie with him if, if cell phones were around back then, or you were going to dap him up. And all you did is shake his hand. He tried to embrace, and you denied him. That's what I'm talking about. Good for you. I don't you. recall me denying him. I, I probably just tried to grab the jersey right away. Okay. This is radio magic. Okay. Uh, people can't see the video. So I'm going to embellish it, and I'm going to tell them because we're not on the air right now. Brady flipped off Roger Goodell when he got there. All right. I, I'm looking at it right here. You guys can't because you're driving around. I don't want you to be dangerous and do anything while you're trying to drive. But Brady did, in fact, uh, flip off Roger Goodell, and he threw up a gang sign. So that is what happened when Brady was drafted. So there it is. Good for you, man. Thank you. Yeah. You and Joe Thomas. You and your guy, Joe Thomas. He's the uh, best. He is. Uh, all right, so I want to get to uh, to something on this. We were talking about the Cowboys situation, and I find this really interesting on, on the uh, Dallas Cowboy front because while all this is going on, this whole mess between Ezekiel Elliott, the Dallas Cow, uh, you know, the Cowboys, um, you, you know, you got Stephen Jones talking, you've got the NFL, the NFL PAs talking, you've got lawyers involved. All these different people around the situation are discussing what's happening. Jerry Jones, nowhere to be found. Jerry Jones, not really getting his hands dirty with this whole conversation. Is this just a matter of, this is a touchy issue, I need to stay away and let this whole thing get sorted out because I don't want to look bad in the end of this? Potentially. Um, it, it could be that. It could be that you know, he doesn't want to do you know, any harm or any more damage to the situation. Um, I mean, look, he's quiet now. That wasn't the stance he took earlier. I remember in July he was quoted as saying, my opinion, there's not even an issue over here. Now, it's a he said, she said deal. You know, I'm maybe misquoting him a little bit, but I, I recall him making that statement back in July that there's not even an issue there. So he seemed to be not concerned then. I think once the ruling came down, it probably changed the way he felt. Um, he had to have known to, cer- to some degree that the NFL had something, and there was a reason why the investigation was taking longer and longer. Um, clearly, I mean, typically if there's not much information to find, usually these things wrap up pretty quick, but you know, this is something that dr- like drug out, drug on for so long that it made you think that maybe was, there was more to the story. But I think at this point, you know, him being quiet is, is the best thing he can do. I, we know him to be someone to, to say things sometimes where he ends up, you know, I don't want to say contradicting himself later on, but he'll, he'll say something to kind of give a quote here or there. And 
I just don't think he wants to damage the situation any further. No, it's a it's a bad spot to be in. But he, you know, he, as quiet as Jerry Jones has been, not everybody has been quiet. All right, so not everybody has been quiet in regards to this whole situation because um, Steven Spielberg. Uh, Steven Spielberg, apparently he's an avid NFL fan. He's a big fan of the NFL. He knows about everything uh, going on in the NFL. And and, uh, somebody caught up with Steven Spielberg. There was like a red carpet premiere or something. They asked uh, Steven Spielberg, uh, Steve, uh, what is the biggest issue right now in the NFL? Elliot. (laughs) Now, again, I don't know if he's a smoker. I don't know if he's a smoker. I'm I'm not aware if if he's if you know Paul Malls or Marlboro Reds or Salem One Thousands whatever. I mean, if you're into that, that's fine. I'm not a smoker, but if, but if he is, that's that's one thing. So so good to see Steven Spielberg. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. Speed. I, I yeah. want to hear that one more time because I haven't heard Steven Spielberg speak in a while. But is that yeah. he's referring to Ezekiel? What was his, well, of course. So, yeah, they ask him. They say, uh, you know, they were talking to him and just said, "What is the biggest issue in the NFL right now? The biggest topic?" Elliot. Yeah. A little bit more, a little bit more energy there. Like almost like he's annoyed we asked him again, so he responded with a little bit more of an attitude. So, I just, <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that exists. I just, I don't know. Listen, we're trying to do a serious sports show here. We catch up with the, you know, can, does that count as a guest? Let's go uh, live to our Cindy Cats guest booking rundown. Uh, Eric Roberts, the insider of the Cindy Cats guest booking rundown. Can we now count Steven Spielberg and Jay Glazer on the show today or just uh, Jay Glazer? Yeah, I think we're going to actually have to put that in the nightly wrap that we had him on. For, okay. So get all the affiliates yeah, involved with it. That's Makes fine. Sense. Yeah, send yeah. that out. All right, send that out to see if anybody actually reads those. And then, and then uh, you know, do we also check – last week we had Martha Ford on. Martha Ford also uh, – <laughs> Uh, chimed in, the owner of the uh, Detroit Lions, Martha Ford, um, who... Uh, well, who I, did she give a similar response? I mean, she, I remember she, listening to the show. She did. Do, okay, so this was uh, Martha Ford announcing a change of, like, you know, just some people at, at the top of the front office. This was years ago. This is the Martha Ford from years ago talking about the breakdown of the front office there in Detroit. Will be the interim CEO. Yeah, and Martha, because she loves to talk, also weighed in on what else is the biggest issue in the NFL right now. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm just trying to clear. I'm listen. I know there's a lot going on here with the NFL. I'm just trying to keep everybody in in the right lane here, so that we know that Steven Spielberg, Martha Ford, and um and an alien with a glowing finger are also talking about the <laughs> biggest issues here in the NFL. It's it is interesting why they haven't made a remake or why they haven't you know done. Was there an ET two? There could have been an ET two. First right? of all, who wants to see a remake of ET? Like, I don't know, man. I mean. It's CG fine. is so much better now. It's like, well, why wouldn't you make a remake of that? I don't make know. a remake of everything it's, else. And, and first of all, if if I opened up my closet as a kid and I saw that thing hanging out there, <laughs> first of all, nothing nothing less than a Gatling gun. Okay, and and in this day and age, if I open up my closet and there's some alien with a giraffe neck, a big belly, and a glowing finger, he's getting shot. Period. That, so this remake wouldn't work, Brady. <laughs> Got to think this stuff through. John Ramos, movie insider here at Fox Sports Radio. Where does E.T. rank on the all-time Steven Spielberg flicks for you? Uh, I would say E.T. is in the top five of Steven wow. Spielberg movies. Oh. What Look else is that. in the top five? Uh, Jaws. Oh, that's Definitely true. Jaws. Yeah, Jaws Definitely is better Jaws. than E.T. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Okay. What? Schindler's List. Definitely Schindler's List. And I think there was one more he did that I can't think of the name of right now. Did he do uh, Forrest Gump or was that? No, uh, that wasn't. Okay. No, that wasn't. That wasn't Steven no, Spielberg. Oh, Lincoln. I enjoyed I thought Lincoln was a, oh, a very, very God, good. You like that movie? Well, I think it's historically for, you know, it should be played in schools, uh, you know. Why did the movie wow. end before wow. you see him get shot? <laughs> 
Seriously, that's a. I mean, you, that's you not know a big the part. ending. What's the yeah. point? Yeah, I, 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 I know the ending. But did you see JFK? They showed him in the motorcade, and then there was a whole movie built around it. It's like they get to the Ford Theater, and all of a sudden they roll the credits. Like I got to sit yeah, through. Yeah, but there was conspiracy theories right. about how the JFK assassination correct, went down, Brady. as opposed to Lincoln. So you know. Well, you know what? You know what? Uh, by the way, did you hear Kevin Bacon was on set and he talked about you, Brady Quinn? Seriously. <laughs> so Kevin Bacon was on set. And Kevin Bacon, I guess, was drinking while on set Jeez. doing doing JFK. So he was drinking, he was having a couple beers, and um and he got a little bit little bit lubed up, if you will. And Kevin Bacon, while he's on set at uh, at JFK, do we have uh, the the sound of uh, Kevin? Bacon? Um, Kevin Bacon is is just walking in. Okay. to say the sound, we're not quite sure. Let, hold on, uh, let me talk to him for a second. Okay, yeah. So, so John's going to catch up with him because Kevin Bacon. We have audio of him. He's on, so he's on set at, and this is exclusive here at Fox Sports Radio. You won't hear this anywhere else. Kevin Bacon's <laughs> on set, and he's playing the role of you know somebody who's um, you know sort of into the other lifestyle and Kevin Bacon is on set and he was so drunk that he thought your last name was Garrison. So here's what Kevin Bacon had to say to Brady Quinn on set. Hey, you know, you're not a bad looking man, Mr. Garrison. I mean, listen, it's strange stuff. <laughs> How did we work Kevin Bacon? I don't know, but put that on the guest list. That'll be Kevin Bacon also <laughs> made the show here on uh, Fox Sports Radio. All right, so there it is. Uh, enough with the shenanigans. Let's get back to serious sports talk, okay? Get it together. Uh, Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn here, in for Doug Gottlieb here, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we do want to let you know that this awesome segment where we talked a lot about sports is brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and, on average, save over $3,000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We do have... Some major stories developing around the world of sports, and there is only one man that can bring those to you. Find out who that is coming up in 60 seconds from now. No commercials. First, though, let's find out what's trending. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, Fox Sports Radio. You can uh, listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app. We are in for Doug Gottlieb here on FSR. You can hear Brady and I Sunday night at 8 Eastern time. Uh, here on many of these Fox Sports Radio affiliates, also on the iHeartRadio app, though, and you can also find it on SiriusXM Channel 83. But without further ado, there are some major stories around the world of sports. There is one man qualified to give those to you, and that man is Steve DeSage. The Press. And Stevie D. Good, av- good evening and slash afternoon. That was your worst tease of the day, by the way. Listen, uh... <laughs> You know, we're, uh, you know, things are uh, running out at yeah, the end of the week. Well, we're just look, moving and shaking around here. All right, Steve, a lot of things. Going on. It's a closeout sale. Everything must go. We're going to plug Steve DeSager is coming up next. Will you please stay tuned? Well, the last time, the last time you were on, you're jumping into Jonas's bag. Or a sack or whatever it yeah. was. Oh, actually, yeah. that's the Gottlieb sack segment. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, and then, so and, you know, he's not sack. here, sorry. but the uh, the name remains. And if you talk Steven Spielberg movies, I heard no Indiana Jones mention. And There's also, a lot of pressure on me, Steve. Yeah, okay, you know. for, and, and Steve, by the way, <laughs> how, you, how dare you uh, get on me about the, the tease there? I booked in that segment Martha Ford, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> uh, who else did we have? Kevin Bacon, Kevin Bacon. hitting on uh, Brady Quinn. Yeah, I mean, Spielberg uh, doesn't do a lot of sports radio. Yeah, I mean, E.T. was there. Like, what else do you want me to do? (laughs) Jesus. Didn't phone home. They phoned it in. Duel was a really good TV movie early in his career. If nobody's ever seen that. Again, I was very under pressure there, Steve. Absolutely you were. (laughs) Sorry about that. We forgive. Story number one, this from veteran college football writer Brett McMurphy at Tampa about the St. Petersburg Bowl. 
you know, the one with the empty seats every year for the last decade. <laughs> it's been renamed. Uh, the city of St. Petersburg will no longer be in the title. It'll still be at Tropicana Field. Uh, but it's going to be, brace yourselves, the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. What? <laughs> right. It's the ga- right. Gasparilla part because apparently there's the annual Gasparilla Parade of Pirates for a century held each year in Tampa. They want to right. make the bowl more regional. So it's the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl, December 21st, featuring teams from Conference USA and the Americans. So it's a mowing company? What does that mean? <laughs> Yeah, like, for a non-grass yeah. so, surface bowl game. So what do the yeah. players get when they go there? Overalls? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, Bad Boy Mowers has a multi-year naming rights now, so we've had Bitcoin in the past there. Don't forget the Beefo Brady's Bowl. We all enjoyed that. Magic yeah. Jack. Uh, he reports that Bad Boy Mowers also recently became the naming rights sponsor for the Battle for Atlantis basketball tournament early season. Wow. That's the like one that. with the with the empty seats in the Bahamas. Oh, fair enough. Any other uh, tournaments you want to rip to pieces, Steve? (laughs) Just dealing with the facts. We're at a news desk here. Coming up on Monday at about 1.30 Central Time, Nashville will have a front row seat for the upcoming total solar eclipse. That's a North American phenomenon. Be careful out there on Monday. Apparently, this is something that hasn't occurred since 1979. And according to NFL.com, the Tennessee capital is the largest city in its path. And so the Titans head coach, Mike Malarkey, altered the club's schedule so his team could watch the eclipse together. Are there any glasses that would uh, that you could wear to watch the eclipse? Like, yeah. like if I were to go to a liquor store and get those Lokes, like those Lokes <laughs> At glasses. At a liquor store, <laughs> sure. That. There's no permanent eye damage involved. Blue blockers will work. Yeah. Blue blockers. <laughs> there was an interview, Inside Edition article this week, about a guy who's a 71-year-old man in Oregon. He didn't die. I, want, I don't want to overstate it. But when he was when a, te- a teenager, his science teacher told the class, there's an eclipse this afternoon. He and his buddy stood in front of their high school, looked up. He remembers the moon passing over the sun. That 20-second look cost him much of the sight in his right eye for the rest of his life. Wow. And he only looked with one eye, but a blank spot in his right eye the rest of the, his life. He said, the longer you look at it, the more damage is done. So he looked for 20 seconds and he lost the sight in his eye? Well, there's a, there's a hole that got burned in his retina. He didn't find it till months later during an eye doctor that, visit. You know, it's funny. We actually were able to catch up with that gentleman. He is joining us here now. Um, sir, uh, your thoughts on the eclipse. I can see it. I got one eye. See? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, headline from USA Today. (laughs) Items from Kaepernick expected to be displayed by Smithsonian. Oh, Jesus. Now, developed in recent years, a National Museum of African American History. His pig socks? Are they going to put those on? Yeah, I wonder if those are going in. I thought it was going to be his Fidel Castro (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. When they had the original plans for the plays, they had reached out to Harry Edwards, famed sociologist, activist in the Bay Area. He tells USA Today Sports this week, I told them, the museum, don't wait 50 years to try and get some memorabilia and so forth on Kaepernick. Let me give you a game jersey, some shoes, a picture. It should all be right there alongside Muhammad Ali. He is this generation's Ali, end quotes. The Kaepernick item's not currently on display in D.C., but the museum's curator of sports told USA Today that he expects new material in their collection will be rotated into exhibits in one to two years. It, they should actually uh, submit the ball that he threw on the fade route in that Super Bowl, or is that still <laughs> in the front row? <laughs> yes! Sorry. That'll just cause more outcry from Niner fans. Where's the flag? 
It's all oh, we have heard ever since I'm happy then. as hell. I know, Nick. And finally, police in Germany apparently are still on the lookout for a thief. According to reports, over 20 tons of Nutella and chocolate eggs <laughs> were stolen <laughs> from a refrigerated trailer. Mm. German police are looking to see if the heist may be connected to the theft of an empty trailer around the same time. The police spokesman says it's not even clear if they were after the sweets or after the trailer. And the chocolate robbery wasn't even the only food-related crime of the weekend. Another trailer with 30 tons of fruit juice inside Mm. was reportedly swiped from a nearby town. Police there in Germany say anyone offered large quantities of chocolate via unconventional channels should report it to the police immediately. (laughs) Excuse me? Well, we just told you. I mean, <laughs> does that happen all the time? I mean, has anyone ever come up to you and said, "Hey, by the way, I've got a bunch of chocolate"? <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, like you imagine, like you're walk, you run into his some, coat, you run into some guy in, in in Alaska, and he's like, "Hey, man, come back to my igloo. I got some uh, Klondike bars for you." Like, you <laughs> that was the press. By the way, have you had Nutella before? You ever had Nutella? Yeah, of course. It's delicious. Okay, I had it for the first time last week. No joke. First time. It's stri- it's straight up chocolate. Yeah, it's like I, I always thought it was, you know, kind of like peanut butter, but uh, an alternative to peanut butter. That's always what I thought it was. I had I had a small spoonful. I was like, I've never had this stuff before. It's straight chocolate. It's weird. You like go overseas where it's a little more prevalent, I'd say, than than it is in the states, and they they hand it out for like breakfast. And I'm like, it's a little early for like chocolate right off the bat, right? As far as like a chocolate spread, they're like, no, 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 it's hazelnut. I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I, I know that's part of it, Man. but it, it just tastes like chocolate. It, yeah, if you were to line that up next to chocolate, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I really wouldn't. It's it's crazy. I, I always thought it was just like a peanut butter alternative, and um, yeah, apparently it's not. So there it is. Hmm. Uh, there more, you go. More sports here on uh, Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> 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 peanut butter. Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox in for Doug Gottlieb here on Fox Sports Radio. Up next, though. There is a, a major event going down in the world of sports tonight, all right? This is, I mean, we're talking about bad blood, bad feelings, you name it. We'll tell you what that event is. Do not go anywhere. We'll have it for you next. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, in for Doug Gottlieb here on Fox Sports Radio. So we do have uh, a very, uh, there's a, a special event later on tonight, a special event coming up. We will tell you what that is. Uh, in just a minute here on Fox Sports Radio. This is a big event. It's got bad blood. It's about revenge. All sorts of good <laughs> stuff going on uh, with this event coming up later on here at Fox Sports Radio. By the way, if uh, if you liked anything you heard today on the show uh, between Brady Quinn and myself, we are on every single Sunday night, 8 Eastern time, here on many of these Fox Sports Radio affiliates, 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, things get graphic, things get dirty, because because uh, normally we just assume the bosses aren't listening because it's a Sunday night, and we just let her rip. I mean, uh, you know, it's just the way things go. That 10 p.m. Eastern hour gets way out of hand. Yeah, I mean, you know me, I don't, I don't like to you know venture out there too far, but uh, we're off the reservation at that point. Yeah, that, that that hour is nuts. Yeah, it's um, it's just the way we do things here during that show so uh so if you like anything you heard on the show today and you want to hear more of that every single sunday night 8 to 11 p.m eastern time is when you can do so and even if you don't like anything you heard on the show today i would still listen on sunday nights because it beats whatever's going on in your life (laughs) very true how's that beats hanging out with the family (laughs) all right so um there's a uh a game coming up uh later on tonight and it's uh it's got some it's got some revenge okay there's there's some bad blood to this game because uh if you remember way back in 2016, 
This happened on the Vikings radio network. Blair Walsh from 27 yards left hash. Snap good, spot down. Walsh's kick is up, and it is no good. He missed it. Are you kidding me? The season can't end like that. He missed it left, and the Seattle Seahawks are off to Charlotte. Blair Walsh missed a 27-yard field goal, and the Minnesota Vikings are going to lose 10-9. to Okay, so... Paul, <laughs> Paul <Brutal. Allen. laughs> I mean, just the desperation. It can't end like this. Uh, Paul, he should be a pro wrestling announcer, by the way. Um, I think he actually does that when they come through Minneapolis. Yeah. No, he's uh, he's very good. He's, he he's does great. a really good job. Um, so the reason I bring that up is because the Vikings are playing the Seahawks later tonight, but it's in Seattle. Blair Walsh is the new kicker for the Seattle Seahawks. Blair Walsh, and I don't know if you remember him, he missed that kick. And then he, uh, let's see, uh, can you count on one hand how many extra points Blair Walsh missed last year when he came back to the Vikings? No! Oh, you can't. <laughs> no! Oh, you can't count it on one hand. Did how he... many extra points? Yeah, yeah. you can. How, how, many, how many extra points did he miss? He missed four last year. Okay, how many kicks did he miss? Um, gosh, well, he only played in nine games, Yeah, because he I got believe. cut. Yeah, it was... but he missed, he missed like four kicks. Four kicks, four PATs. Okay, so but Blair Walsh four. had some issues. Okay, <laughs> Mike Francis. Well, uh, how can, many extra let, let me just let me just make a case real quick. Okay, so Hauschka was in Seattle. Now he's in Buffalo, right? Did you I just believe... curse in German? <laughs> what are you singing, Ramstein? No, Jesus. Stephen Hauschka. Oh, that's his name. That, that's not like you trying to impersonate a Boston accent like you did earlier. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. You'd think that if you're going to move on from a kicker like Steven Hauschka, who I think he missed like six PATs last year, okay? Six, six for the Seattle Seahawks. But he played in all 16 games. So obviously he had more attempts, more kicks. And, and he was fairly accurate, actually, from, from the field, like from field goals. He was like 89% or something like that. If you actually do the numbers, you have to kind of do the percentages. Blair Walsh was 75% from field goal, which is like 15% less than what Hauschka was. And – Percentage-wise, the four missed PATs he had, only had 19 attempts. So his percentage was like 79%. House score was 83. So, like, they, they move on from one kicker probably because he missed too many kicks in the contract they want to pay him, and they bring in a guy who made less kicks. It's, it's just odd to me. None of that makes sense. Now, did you have – did you ever play against your former team in the NFL? Did you ever uh, – Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so what was the situation, and how – were you thinking revenge the whole time? Because you know, you know Blair Walsh has got a red ass. Oh, of course. Uh, I don't know that he cares that much about preseason, but he, I think he wants to make all his kicks to prove to people you know, he can make in the league. I mean, he, he's at that point in his career. He's played, what, five years, I think. Last year was only, only had nine games in because he was released. So you know, at this point, he just really wants to prove himself. That, that's, what you, that's all you can focus on. Now, we went back to Cleveland when I was with Kansas City. We had an awful year, awful year. We are like one in seven by the time I, I got the chance to start. And there had been some back and forth. I'd even had a concussion. So this is like, this is maybe down like the last four games. And we actually had a player commit suicide like two weeks before we go back to Cleveland. Oh, way to keep it light, Brady. Happy well, hour, everybody. Hey, ha- happy, happy, I'm just, happy I'm just hour, trying everybody. to paint the picture. So there was a lot going on outside of like a, a quote-unquote revenge game. Because it wasn't that. I mean, I, was, I always felt fortunate just to get drafted. But um, I remember like we're going into that game. We've got our game plan. And for whatever reason... We had Dwayne Bowe, who was a wide receiver, cutting off the backside defensive end in, a, in, in 
you know, for on a run play, on an outside run play. <laughs> he ends up puncturing his lung. He goes to cut the guy. He gets kneed in the ribs. He punctures a lung. He was our number one wide receiver that year. So that game plan is done with. And now we're just trying to draw things up on the side. So at that point, I wasn't. It wasn't even about revenge. It was just like, all right, what, what, who are we throwing the ball to at this point? Because the rest of the group, people probably didn't even know. A lot of trash talk. Because you know, listen, you know, and, no, and, it was you know, a lot, well, look in Cleveland. You kidding me? That was what three years after I'd been there. So they had turned over a head coach at least once, and every player on that team almost, besides Joe Thomas, who will be a future Hall of Famer. Any, I mean, he's the only thing that's been the mainstay. Any fans get on you in your in your revenge game? Uh, maybe. I mean, I, I honestly, like, you don't, again, we're, we're dealing with so much at that point off the field, even on the field and just in that game where you're trying to literally go over the game plan with players who are going to play a different position that you don't hear it quite yeah. as much, maybe towards the very end. I, I hear, because when I was the rat at Chuck E. Cheese, there were a lot of criticism. I didn't hear any of it because I'm so really? focused. Yeah. You got the costume on, you're just out there to perform. So I hear you, man. I, I, I can totally relate. I to would have it. heckled the crap out of you. Yeah. If, if you were, if, if I well, knew you were a Chuck E. You're abusive. I mean, that's, that's, that's clear. I mean, and, and, and the abuse, uh, you know, will continue on Sunday night for three hours. <laughs> hey, we had fun. Look at it. I mean, it's still daylight out. We actually we're made it. Up. We still have jobs. I know. Oh, by the way, I meant to tell you something. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means and why it matters. Every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. 
Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love at First Listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.